Hello everyone and welcome to Last Heart Left. I'm Rosin. I'm Antinomi. I'm Fang. I'm Matt. I'm Trick. And we decided to come up with an idea that is honestly pretty revolutionary and I think is I think is gonna require a lot of courage on all of our parts. Um we decided to make a online talkie show, I think is the proper name for it. Um where we talk about video games, but not only video games, um, our opinions on them. Oh, shit. Yeah. And, and also, pioneer. if we're feeling a little brave, TV shows and movies, whoa. Oh, God. Mm. If I we want to be arrested anime. Uh, <laughs> oh, I mean, shit, I actually have an anime to talk about. Oh, Jesus Christ. Too? Oh, no. We're going to get arrested for sure. Um, and also, if one of us is feeling spectacularly boring, we can talk about books. Yeah. Books. You know gamers can't read. But wait, that's not all. If any of us have been listening to any fictional radio shows in okay, 2019. Okay, okay, welcome to Last Heart Left our podcast where we're going to talk about whatever the fuck we feel like because that's how I roll with these things. And this time we're not talking about Yik. Good. Oh my god. god. Yeah. Uh, Why am I here? And by acknowledging that, I think we failed step one, but yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, we don't have to talk about things that are just good. In fact, we can talk about divisive, headline-busting major releases such as hold on Pokemon. let me let me digimon blade and blocker <laughs> is oh that my god wow. i said pokemon already damn that's right. fine so i th we all are in on this right pokemon oh, do we all get it? it yeah no not everybody here got it fang did oh fang fang did not get it okay okay no. wiser than his ears which is <laughs> shocking because i did and i haven't really been on this train for a while. Yeah, I mean, Death Stranding is a thing. Uh, save my money. Uh, but we can get into that later. Yeah, things are... <laughs> these things aren't cheap, so... I don't want really to see how people reacted to the game before Y&E, honestly. So, yeah, I mean, so y'all have been way more invested in this series than I have been, so I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are on this, but like... I'll have to say, like, this has been a very oddly long process of me jumping back in, because around the time uh, Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire came out, I was like, you know, I could go for one of these again. Um, and then everyone hated those with, like, a passion and said they were, like, ridiculously easy, the AI was terrible, like, all this other stuff. I think the Battle Frontier wasn't there or something, people were mad about that. And I was like, okay, maybe I'll hold off. And then Sun and Moon, I think everyone pretty much loved, it sounded like. It was pretty cool. I liked the other. Some people liked Ultra Weather because it was less, I don't know if fan-holy, but they didn't make you go through as many cutscenes as it was yeah. one, but I didn't mind that in Sun and Moon. I thought the cutscenes were fine. Same. I feel like they yeah. were a step in the right direction, but not like where I wanted it to be. So, 
those came out and I was kind of like, maybe, maybe these are the ones. And then I just like, I never really had the time or like really felt the need to dive in. And by the time I was like, oh, maybe I'll pick one of these up now that they're starting to go on sale because first party Nintendo games never go down in price. Um, Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon had been announced and everyone's like, just fucking wait. And I was like, okay, I'm going to wait. Then when Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon came out, everyone, well, I mean, I don't necessarily know of this circle, but it seemed like the wider general consensus was, oh, these are a step down or whatever. <laughs> and I was like, well, fuck. It was uh, mostly this is the same as before, so... Okay. Yeah. And then, I mean, I was like, okay, I'll just wait for the big fancy-looking one to come out on the Switch. And then we found ourselves <laughs> in the situation where it's I'm like, you know, fuck it, I'm gonna be waiting forever. I'm just gonna find... This is the most natural jumping-on point. Um, I'm just going to do it. Um, and I guess just for, like, context for people who haven't heard me talk about, like... I guess games in general are like my history with this series in particular before. Uh, my last time with this series, like going all the way in was around gen three. Uh, I gave up around gen four just because they were like starting to get too samey. And honestly, by that point I was getting a little older and I think what I wanted out of single player RPG experiences had kind of changed and shifted as I got a little bit older. And I never really was one who got into the, I mean, I like trading and stuff, but that wasn't enough to hold my interest, and I never really got into the competitive stuff. So I kind of just found my other series and stuff to satisfy my needs, and then later would somehow stumble into the SMT hole, and that led to a whole mess of my life. But, yeah. But y'all have kept up, right? Like, did any of you Sadly. ever... Have... I was about to yeah. say, like, I think all of you have played, like, every iteration of these pretty I much. I haven't played Ultrasound. I only played like the first hour of Ultrasound. <laughs> See, um, I want to say, I I mean, I definitely played through all of the Gen 4 games, but I didn't do Gen 5, Gen 6. I did play Sun, but um, otherwise I've just been kind of observing Pokemon from the sidelines, so. Okay, shit. Um, it just hit me that like I didn't play Gen 1 and 2, um, but since Gen 3... That's the most what? Zoomer thing I've heard in my life. I know, <laughs> I know, dude, I know. But Let's Go Pikachu was the first one I didn't finish. Not even because I... it was bad, I just, like... So, like, does that... I... Is that technically... I don't know how, like, those... Because, like, I know those are, like, kind of, like... More of, like, a weird ghost spinoff. Do those... I mean, Pokemon, like, general game. Like, it's not a spinoff. Like, this one kind of is, but, like, you know. Okay, okay. Like, it's the first one I didn't finish in, like, a minute. Because I thought about picking those up, too, and then I saw, like, oh, it's more about the... It sounded like that one was more definitely about the collecting than the actual, like, more RPG traditional elements of it. So I was like, eh, I'll hold off or whatever. <laughs> it's fine. Like, I think it's... I don't think it's bad at all. I just think, like, man, their main mechanic is supposed to be, like, the ball thing, and, like, they kind of fucked up the motion control, which is a bummer. Oh, did you buy the weird ball controller? I did, but then, like, I, like, sold it, so, like, it was fine. Okay. Damn. My experience with Pokemon, I think, I've been playing since, like, Gen 1. I think the only main mainline games I skipped were, like, Black and White 2, Oras, and Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon. 
Oh, I didn't play your side. I don't know what I think of it. Oh but yeah, that's right. I did up, play. I, I did play Oras actually. It was not that great, so I didn't remember. I think I <laughs> believe I believed that y'all had like not missed a beat on any of these. I'm actually kind of surprised to learn this now, but I suppose I just kind of like there's part of my brain that's like, oh, like has more experience than me with the series equals has played everything, which is a dumb assumption, but. <laughs> Um, yeah, well, I mean, like, that's valid. I mean, I've messed around with, like, what the Pokemon Showdown thing, like, a couple of times, so it's not like I'm completely blind, but yeah, I've not played all of them. And I'm only an hour into this one. Uh, I literally played, I started a file and got into it just as we started or like right before we recorded this podcast so i don't even know how much i'm going to have to say other than um like this is weird because with how the way discourse is like shaped around this game i don't even want to comment on how it looks because like <laughs> it's just become a cesspool of people being mad that shadows have like weird jagged edges around them because it's a video game on the switch um yeah like man, that's an ultra nitpick and a half though like <laughs> honestly, yeah like... i'm like Please. As a game developer, that shit is whack, because it's like, oh man, like, li literally every video game these days have those kinds of things. Like, you can't just draw everything on screen on, like, full resolution, because otherwise you run the game at 10 FPS. Mm -hmm. Hey, Death Stranding has some blurry-ass textures. It's yeah. okay. Yeah, like, it's fine. Don't worry about it. I, I am I, loving all of the tweets of people that are like, I, I wish someone would tell any of these kids that optimizing a game is not just like a button you press on the keyboard. Um, <laughs> the optimize button. button. What do you mean? That's what I do in like all my RPGs. Like I don't like playing with the key or and shit. Like <laughs> just, just give me auto equip. Yeah, like come on. Wait, wait, how's the frame rate this time though? It's mm... Oh man! Like Damn. I mean, is it at least consistent? Like I don't care if it's, it's fast. I just care if it's yeah. It's semi-consistent. It just slows down, like or oh, gets man. like you know weird at like odd points. Like there was a scene or very early in the game where like you're meeting the champion and there's like a crowd of people yeah, and the camera that... pans from right to left. But it and it chugs. just starts. <laughs> yeah, and it's like come on. It, oh my God. My, see, oh no. my, my thing was that I was like, overall, I like the actual aesthetic of everything. I think the it it's really weird. And this is, I think, a, just a Switch problem, because like how many games have you heard as of late where um, it's fine on the TV, but as soon as you move to handheld, the font is way too small. Like, I feel like you hear that a lot, especially with first-party Nintendo releases. I feel like this has the opposite thing, where I played this on a TV, and I was like, wow, these UI elements are really big. But, I mean, t to be fair, these games have always kind of been a handheld thing, so I think it's probably makes more sense that they designed these with handheld in mind, especially with, you know, like... I mean, mm -hmm. the whole, like, thing of this game is, like, oh, you take your device around, and, you like, you trade with other people in person and all that, and I know they have the online stuff now, but... I, I think for the spirit of it, the fact that they kind of went in that direction is, like, good. Um, and, like, also, like, the interiors, I was a little, like, I was a little taken aback by how, I mean, they're they're not, I don't want to say bland, but they're just a little 
lifeless in a way that I was kind of like, oh, I wish there maybe was a little more liveliness to, like, the interiors of these homes and all that. And, uh, yeah, there's a few frame rate issues or whatever that were kind of goofy. But, I mean, other than that, I think it looks fine. Uh, the actual battle, like, sequences and stuff, I think, are, like, good from what I've seen from the hour I've played so far. Um, but, I don't know. I think that's one of those things that I was vaguely aware of people nitpicking also, too. Or, like, some moves look weird or something, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But... I mean, it's been like that. Yeah, it's been like that. Like, like my only thing is, like... I, I only kind of care, like, about that a little bit because they said, like, hey, we're doing it to fix that. But, like, otherwise, like, yeah, that's kind of the same. Yeah, which I don't mind. Like, yeah. I mean, no, yeah, like, I get it. I it, It's not like the 2D games are particularly stunning to begin with in terms of the animation departments, so. <laughs> Honestly, Gen 5 is actually pretty good with that. Yeah, like the idle animations help for sure. I know, yeah. God. I always thought the animations in Gen Five were fucking weird. Yeah, they they are funny. absolutely, but I feel like they have a lot of character. Yeah, that's fair. But I don't have much else to say other than like it seems like the general consensus around this game in a lot of ways has been oh it's more of the same, and I feel like. As someone who's kind of wanted to jump back onto these, and I also, like, I was, like, I don't know, I've been kind of talking about this on Twitter, like, oh, like, this is, like, a really silly thing that, like, only I probably have, because, like, this is one of the best-selling franchises in the fucking world, like, consistently, um, and it's, like, you know, they don't need to really worry about like, the type of stuff that stuff like Zelda does, or, like, Mario, where they have to, like, reinvent and, like, Kind of do something I mean, more like attention. Okay, okay. Right? I'll take Mario reinventing, but come on, it took like seven fucking games for someone to reinvent something. Well, yeah, I know that's what I mean, though. Like Breath of the Wild got attention compared to like yeah, Skyward yeah, Sword yeah. and shit. Um, and like I kind of wish that's what this was, even though like this series doesn't need it. Like this is going to sell regardless of what it is. Like, oh yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that is one thing that people should keep in mind when like like the mad people about everything is like man if you're really that mad about it just don't buy it because like but even then like the vast majority of the people who buy these games don't care about like frame rates you know what i mean like yeah they're not that gonna game for children. Yeah, yeah exactly, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like children's don't they don't have standards they never probably seen any other video game before in their life Pokemon. They, so. they just want to catch the Pikachu. Like, that's, yeah. that's really all there is to it. Um, Pikachu's good, so... This is very good. So, yeah. yeah, like, there is part of me that wishes this was more of a reinvention even though the series doesn't exactly need that, but I was kind of thinking, you know, actually, I don't even... Because I also feel like, just from my personal experience, there's a lot of people who I think just in my, like, people who are kind of in my more casual sphere, who maybe don't necessarily keep up with the latest like game stuff as much and a lot of those people jumped back on for like the go stuff because they're like oh nostalgia and you know it's all their old favorites from when they were a kid or whatever and i feel like this could have maybe been something they could have done to capitalize on and i guess that's kind of what let's go was trying to do now that i think about it but i wish that there was just a little bit more to this that kind of put it apart rather than just like oh this is the next generation like 
it would be neat if this was more of a overall like i don't know like big overhaul that you kind of look back at like the series timeline and go yeah this is one shit really went to the next level because i think the switch would have been a really great system to do that for considering they have more you know like not just more power than ever before but they're really taking it into like the whole like oh this is also a console experience now so yeah other like i mean i'm still gonna play it for what it is and i so far i'm having fun with like the hour i played and i'm like yep it's one of these again like you know like just with my experience from the series but and also too like i mean obviously like the one thing that i actually i'm kind of surprised we didn't bring up yet is like a bunch of the old like pokemon or whatever are missing and all that but like if i'm being honest i don't know the vast majority of them after gen 3 so i can't like i don't really care just because i'm not familiar with most of them that people are mad about missing i guess um yeah yeah like there is some there is some strange um cuts like i know i know for a while like the leak stuff is like oh yeah Bulbasaur and Squirtle aren't in, but Charmander is, which is kind of weird. Well, the kinda champion weird. has a Charizard. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, it's just strange that you don't have the whole trio. Um, the Sprite leak, I believe, has Bulbasaur and Squirtle sprites, so it's. I think they're actually in the game. Yeah, you can or, like maybe transfer them, or maybe they'll like yeah. pop up at a later update. Yeah, so that's from what I understand. From what I understand, it's basically like, yeah, transfer or like they might do events and shit for like some of these, but like they're still not in the Pokedex, which is weird. Yeah. Mm. But I mean, to be fair though, like I think starting from Sun and Moon, there's always been like the Pokedex being itself, like in terms of at least entries, just smaller or like not all of the Pokemon in Sun and Moon have Pokemon or Pokedex entries in terms of like the actual flavor text so um man my, i don't know why like they thought feel like they have to rewrite them like it's fine if you just leave the same ones yeah yeah <laughs> i didn't realize they rewrote those every single time it's weird no and they... for every individual game that's yeah. so oh well, yeah i i remember them they were they were different between versions i didn't realize like pikachu yeah, has like... like 18 different entries at this point that's kind of <laughs> weird well i think well, I think the actual thing is, like, most of them weren't rewritten, like, because I think starting from, like, uh, gosh, I want to say, like, Diamond Pearl or Black and Whites, like, there's a lot of Pokemon that just have recycled um, Pokedex entries throughout, like, if you look at, like, the actual list of their um, entries that they're left unchanged, and then Gen 7, when they went to Alola... Um, they decided to rewrite every single entry for that game. So, um, that's weird. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, it's cool, though. I like it. I, no, that one's just weird because that's the one they cut the national decks in. <clears throat> I, I didn't realize they rewrote every single one. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of weird. the text is definitely like region specific to Alola in terms of like the information given so like I guess Game Freak decided that in that generation they wanted to really hone in on the world building for whatever reason so um it's interesting 
So how far um, are y'all in? Because I only got the hour in, but like twenty minutes, maybe thirty. Uh, I don't know. Okay. I like just like I, I I did the forest thingy and I saw I, I saw when I was when I was exiting out of my play session. I also saw you were playing, so I was wondering how how far in you got. Yeah, no, I I bought it um in between my classes because I had a long period in between. And I played it for like ten minutes. Went to my next class. Once I got home, I like, I like got home, sat down, and then just played Death Stranding instead. Okay, nice. I, what is it? I played up to. I got to the town after you pass through the wild area, so it's like maybe two and a half hours. Wow, That's how far I got? Is that? Do you mean like after the bend, like past the sheep blockade? Yeah, yeah, that's past that. Oh. And after you get your Pokedex. This oh, okay, is why I, haven't, I, I, haven't, I stopped right before I got the decks, so... Yeah, this is why I picked up the game at 9 o'clock yesterday, so I can, you know, talk a little bit more in-depth, I guess. Also, is the... Is... How are you liking it, right? I like it so far, like... I, th- I mean, again, like, I tried... Like, when I was looking at, like, the leaks and stuff, and everybody was being pissy, you know, I... You know, it's like... I had to separate, like, what are people nitpicking or, like, over-exaggerating? And, like, what about this so far seems good? And now that I'm actually playing the game, like, a lot of it's, you know, overblown. Um, Yeah. Like, people were complaining, like, oh, the wild areas look so empty. But, like, if you look at, like, any tall graph, you usually see, like, a bunch of Pokemon running around. There's at least, like, one, like, super strong Pokemon just roaming the map. Like, the one screenshot I saw was, like, nitpicking, and it just happened to have nothing there. Like, so, uh, I like the wild area a lot, actually. Like, that's something I want to point out, because, like, since I didn't play, like, Let's Go, uh, like, seeing, like, Pokemon, like, run, or, like, the actual, like, 3D models, like, walk around in, like, the tall grass and stuff, I think that's, like, a really good addition to the game. Yeah, I really liked that in Let's Go. Yeah, so it's, like, always, like, fun seeing, like, a Pokemon pop up. And it almost, like, reminds you that, like, this game doesn't, like, is, you know, doesn't have the national decks and, like, half of these guys got cut, you know? Like, because the wild area, like, since it's broken up into so many different areas, like, almost, like, each patch of grass will have something different. So it's, like, fun to see, like, oh, it's, you know, Wooper or, like oddish or something you know mm-hmm. it's really nice because like as much as like oh yeah this was already like in let's go it's like it's still just canto so like seeing them like with a variety like together i imagine is gonna be really cool once i yeah, actually get there mm-hmm. and like another thing i like is that because like there's also a lot of different weather like stuff going on in each wild area you can catch ice pokemon very early i really like that because in most games you can't catch ice pokemon that early in the game like i saw a snow run of vanilla a snover that's you know that's neat uh, i i don't know if anyone cares about like evolution method spoilers whatever yeah, i don't care um, <laughs> it, it's it's not even for like a new pokemon um they changed the EV Lucian for um, Leafeon and Glaceon to just be Leaf and Ice Stones now, which is, like, very nice because you can finally, like, use Glaceon yeah. in a run. 
Yeah, that's good. If I, yes. what were they before? I I'm unfamiliar. They had, you had to go to yeah. like a place where they, they had like the rocks on, like on the ground. Like a, there was in like Gen Four, there was like a moss rock in a forest, and you had to level up Eevee next to it. And then for oh. Glaceon, there's like an ice rock somewhere, like very late in the game. Yeah. Yeah. Gen and, and Four it, in general had a lot of those weird location based. The locations. problem is like even beyond Gen Four, like. It's been the same every single game with Glaceon specifically for some reason, where like because of how they do the ice and cold areas, it's always really late. Mm-hmm. This is supposed. Speaking of location stuff, this is supposed to be the UK, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was looking at I, as soon as someone was like mum, I was. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking. Mom, telly, like you got all the classics. What was I gonna say? I think. One of the like problems I have with this game that isn't attributed to you know a year's worth of like crunch that they have to make, um, is that like they're kind of doing a bad job showcasing like you know the new Pokemon this time because the champion has you know a Charizard. Yeah, I, I thought then, that was a very safe and boring choice. Yeah, that's yeah. really lame. And then something that also bothered me is that if you go into your rival's room, he has like a bunch of posters up on the wall featuring Charizard, Machamp, and Gengar. And when you examine it, it says, oh, these are like the most popular Pokemon in the Galar region. So don't you want to show <laughs> off like the new Pokemon that y'all made? Like, that's like, kind of depressing. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you gotta see a Wolo roll into a fence for five minutes. Like, (laughs) like, I mean, people are still gonna, you know, buy the game and stuff, but, like, you know, people don't get to see, like, what y'all made until later, and it's like, why? See, the fun part for me is, aside from the stuff that was in the directs, I barely know what gen any of most of these things are from. So, (laughs) I just kind of like, yep, that's one I haven't ever seen before. Are you gonna make a theme of all new ones you haven't played, you haven't used before, or something? Uh, I'm just fucking fishy, man. I, I'm just picking whatever comes my way. If I ever get a dust skull, I'm naming that shit dude skull. Oh, yeah. He's going to my yeah. party. Yep. <laughs> Hell yeah. Dude skull like very in the wild area if you run around enough. So I I do have a app. I have a full team of six already. Already an hour oh. in. Uh, so I picked Score Bunny for my starter, who I named Rabid Luigi. Uh, I have a, I have, this is going to be extremely cursed. Uh. (laughs) I have a Wulo, which, uh, in honor of our time together this summer, I named Sheepman. Uh, Of course. I'm a fan, I'm a fan of Sheepman. I have a Squavit, Squeavit, Squavit, the squirrel thing. squirrel. Um, who I called Lil Debbie. I just kind of came up with that one. Um, what's the little owl thing? Is it Rickety? You mean Rickety, the bird? Rickety, yeah. Oh, shit. Ah, I should have named it Rick and Morty. I named it Nightwing, after the comics character. Uh, Nicket, which I named Fox McCloud, because why not? Uh, and then I connected to the internet, and the game just gave me a gigantic Meowth, I guess, named Meowth. So I went, okay, I guess you're in the party now, too. (laughs) I couldn't name it, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. I think one thing I really wish is that you could turn off the XP share in this game because, like... Oh, yeah, you can't turn it off. The reason that they gave is so stupid because... 
what was it was something like pe whenever people just wanted to like level something up they would just dump everything and like they somehow they said like oh they we realized everybody kept it on first of all i don't that's like that one's like kind of hard are they believe. stalking us right now and checking yeah the yeah i don't like that <laughs> man that's that's my thing it's like i i see like data use for that like in a lot of like just like collected statistics and the thing is like it's not even that like oh people liked it like the reason is that people probably just don't feel like turning it off like that necessary like action to undo it is like totally like a huge pull on the results if you actually collected i'm gonna be honest if i just if i like me right now picked up x and y and well okay i feel like i would know about it by now just because i've heard so many people talking about it but like a year ago if i picked up x and y and i just played i don't think i would have realized it was on like i i just wouldn't have thought about it you know what i mean I guess just because when I was like, mm. I guess when I think about it as a kid, like, yeah, you had to level them all individually, but I wouldn't have thought of that as like a toggleable feature. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm sure yeah. a lot of people just don't even really realize it's <laughs> a thing. <laughs> Though That's fair. one thing, Gita Jackson posted a really positive review, but she she had some tweets that were like, I really wish that kind of like saying like it would be kind of nice if um this series had an alternative for more like mature players who want a little bit more of like a difficulty thing i'm fine with pokemon being easy honestly oh. like there's so many there's so many alternatives to that to pokemon that you can play if you want a harder game so yeah i mean i fine. guess but like it would be nice to like have it for the mainline game sometimes or just like the ones that nintendo actually makes you know like that's just me like i personally like you know like the actual single player experience a lot See, so which is like, why i would prefer it if it was just like a little like if i had options to toggle it to be a little bit harder yeah like that's that's my thing like um i've like i kind of jumped ship for like smt and like other series or whatever just because i got more of my fill from what i want gameplay wise and i guess story wise too from those but also, too, like, I, I, I'm not going to lie, I would be a little more inclined to, like, pick these up with more regularity if it was like, oh, there's, like, there's a little bit more of, like, a, like, single player, like, bent to this if you want to, like, tune it to be that way. Or even, like, I think Gita suggested, like, even if you made, like, a spinoff that was a little more involved and it was like, oh, like, the main series will forever stay this, like, very accessible and, like, approachable thing, which, like, I think most people would want it to stay that way, like, just on, like, a like regular level or whatever but even if you had like a like honestly like a coliseum type thing which is just yeah. a little bit more like this is for like a slightly different audience i remember they kind of marketed that more towards a little bit like it's a little bit younger edgy. adults yeah i mean the problem is they did this but like in the wrong direction with let's like that's just let's go oh yeah like they, like they made it super accessible way. yeah and it, but it's like pokemon's already extremely accessible like I'm not like I'm not like like I think Let's Go is fine. Like I I actually enjoyed it like a decent amount, but like that's so unnecessary. <laughs> Pokemon is fine. Like it's it's for kids. It, anyone can pick that shit up. Yeah. yeah, I do feel like I mean again this franchise is for literal children, but like I know that they've said in interviews like and like I feel like 
they definitely underestimate their child audience a little bit too much, like in terms of how like easy some stuff can be. Some like, seven-year-old figured out the missing no thing back in the day, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I can't, like, I have a hard time, like, finding the interview where they talked about this, but, like, I think that's part of the reason why, like, the hard mode in, like, Black and White is, like, or in Black and White 2 is so, like, unaccessibly weird. You have to beat the game to get the, to unlock the hard mode. Yeah, and then you have to trade it to the key that you get to unlock hard mode to somebody else. Yeah. Like, also, in the other version, you get you need to beat the game to unlock the easy mode. Yeah! Like, why? why? Who's that? It was very weird. But the office, was ha- that was not a normal one that they were having. That, that one is just like, why? Like... Can, can you imagine, like, Googling, like, okay... Pokemon version exclusives, and then you see easy and hard mode at the end of the list. <laughs> oh yeah, like what? Wait, which which oh. games were these that did that? Black, Black and White, white too. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was Gen Five. The Gen Five Gen Five is probably the one I am least familiar. Oh, actually, Gen Five and X and Y. I think I started paying attention more after X and Y was Sun and Moon, right? Well, I guess it was Aorus yes. and then Sun and Moon, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think around Sun and Moon I started to like pay a little bit more attention to what they were doing with the games and stuff. But like yeah, like Gen 5 and Gen 6 I like barely know. Like I watched I watched a playthrough that covered the story of Gen 5 because I heard it had a really good story and then by the end of it I was kind of like, "Oh, that wasn't what I thought it would be." <laughs> I don't know. I think Can't people story. People yeah. story. Yeah, I think people got a little gung-ho about saying that was one of the best written things ever but i don't know it's just my opinion man but i mean no you're right i mean like it's fine i mean it, I, it's I would fu- say it's, it's above average for like pokemon standards but compared to you know i was expecting medium on the planet yeah, like, I, I was expecting a little more from how it was pitched to me back then yeah when those were kind of more new um yeah Antonomi, how far are you in this I didn't buy Pokemon, bro. I told you already. Oh shit! I thought I thought <laughs> Fang was the only one who did it. Never mind. No. Okay. <laughs> oh my god! Off to a great start. Thank you, yeah. little babies in a bowl. Well, I am planning on continuing my playthrough and enjoying it for as long as I'm. I mean, it's still at that thing where like. I wish there was a little bit more there for me. Um, I can't remember if I was... I was listening to either the Giant Bomb podcast while I was at work today or the Waypoint podcast. I can't remember which one, but, like, someone kind of, like, brought up a point that I thought was really good, and I wish I remember who it was. But when you have, an like, a thing that hits really big and becomes a cultural phenomenon for children, it kind of is a difficult decision because you have two different options. Like, you either kind of cater the series in a way so that it grows with the initial audience or you keep it at that kid level forever like harry potter kind of tried to like i mean i don't have much experience with it but the thing i've always heard with people who enjoyed it back in the day and as we got older was like you kind of grew up with the storytelling and like the books and they kind of got more complex as they went along sort of thing which like made the coming of age thing work better i guess i don't know that's at least my understanding of it um, 
and like then you have like Pokemon has always kind of stayed like catering towards that like younger than 10 audience while also still having a like very active adult fandom that grew up with it uh and I don't know if they grew up with it if (laughs) 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 their maturity level has been changed by and down by it um yeah yeah that's true from the man this is this has been a rough one on twitter like yeah oh yeah like when i was trying to like you know look around for leaks i kept looking at the pokemon subreddit it's like you guys are all like legitimately like unhinged at how like much you guys don't understand game development or like you know like i i feel like my thing i keep wanting to shout the past few years every time anyone's ever been mad at any of this is like number one just like just don't buy the thing if you don't want and like you know most of the people angry about this are still gonna play it anyways which like good good job geniuses um but like literally go there are so many video games out there right now like go fucking check out anything out like I don't know. It doesn't seem like rocket science to me, but I guess it is. Like, I don't know. I think, honestly, people have fun being upset when their favorite series kind of starts to disappoint them. And, like, yeah, it's a weird so they feel like, thing. Yeah, part of, like, a group, I guess, you know? Like, yeah, like, that's the thing, right? It's, like, Pokemon, in terms of, like, it's not only just games. It's the community. Like, part of their enjoyment of that game is being part of the Pokemon community. So when the poke being part of this community is like so important to them, then it makes for some real uh, nasty fires when what their identity is hinged on is this malleable property that can be affected by any number of capital interests like like, yearly release dates that's my thing is like half the things i feel like people are mad about are more like the uh, this and also like everything involving like that sonic movie looking awful until like they changed the (laughs) sonic design recently it's like it feels like people need to be mad at the economic and like business factors that go into why these things end up the way they do versus like like i'm sure a lot of the people at game freak that are like making the thing or whatever know that like some of the things aren't going to be received well and would like to be able to work on them more or polish it out or whatever but like yeah it is not they do not have the authority or the freedom to make those decisions and that's not their fault that's like whoever's yeah, calling like, the shots type thing yeah, whichever like tri-conglomerate between like the i guess it's like the pokemon company which is like made up of people of game freak and like nintendo or whatever look i know that, that thing's been a thing for like a while now but every time i hear the name it's like the most fucking cyberpunk thing in the world i hate it <laughs> yeah like i imagine like a fucking evangelion ass meeting room when i hear that name i hate it tpci is such like uh like just a neo-futurist kind of like <laughs> dystopia name what is the I incorporated? I'm assuming. Or... Yeah. Okay. Okay. I was thinking about that in my head. Um, yeah. I don't know. I I do think there's. Is it international? Maybe. I don't know. I I don't know either. I don't keep up with this. It's shit. probably incorporated. I I think that these games. I, I know I was talking with you all about this in Discord, but like, 
it's very clear that they go for like very yearly or close to yearly as possible releases with these things because they know they're gonna sell like hotcakes regardless you know sort of thing or whatever i think that they could get a lot out of doing more a little bit more of a games as a service type approach with these where you put out one and then you support it with dlc stuff for a little bit and like expand upon it make it more of like a a long lasting experience and like really start to make them more and more unique because i don't know just from the outside looking into like man it really feels like they churn these things out and even before the sword and shield thing like i know like even with y'all and a few other people i know who really like these games like a lot of the i feel like a lot of the frustrations that kind of got exploded onto this one were kind of brewing for a while just in terms of technical performance with other games in the series and just general changes and gameplay stuff that they were doing sort of thing i guess and i, I think maybe if they let each of these kind of stand on their own and become their own platform more and more that people would be happier and also maybe they'd give them more leeway to refine the next one i guess when it has to come out of the oven so here's the thing right i completely agree with you but children don't know the concept of patches or dlc yeah that's true why do all that when you can just copy paste and then make the updated version Children will while like grinding down your employees and then make yeah. another now sixty dollars <laughs> per copy. Like and, you... and also too, like I'm thinking about it too, and I I feel like there's probably still a lot of families out there where like oh go to the store and buy the new thing. Sure, what? No, yeah. you no, you cannot have my credit card to buy a twenty dollar thing on some online thing. I don't know. You, you know, I yeah. feel like that's definitely right. also a factor that would be an issue there as well. Like try. Oh, go ahead. If you don't want to count, if you because let's go Eevee and let's go Pikachu weird because they're like mainline, but also like like a like a spin-off as well. And they technically took a break when between X and Y and Sun and Moon, they took a year break between Auras and Sun and Moon, and Sun and Moon came out pretty fine. And then while well, they went back to yearly releases all over again, so I think they, they, they actually took these... a break before um, Ultra Sun too, which is kind of weird. Didn't didn't that one release like a year after Sun and Moon? I there was a gap, sure. wasn't there? I'm pretty sure it was. It was Time to look up Wikipedia. <laughs> yup. <laughs> Man, if there wasn't a gap, that's actually kind of even worse than I thought. All right, let me scroll down. Yeah, so... I'm just thinking. Like, try having like a commercial uh... on TV for like Pokemon DLC. Like, <laughs> yeah, there was like... a gap between uh, Oras and Sun and Moon. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that was the gap, and then uh, Ultra Sun and Moon was a yearly release, and wow. like, if, they, if they release like these games one every two years instead of one every year, yeah. and just keep like a dumb spin-off, like let's go in, like they could be alright. Yeah. Yeah, like, I feel like, like, even, even as I'm playing, you know, Sword and Shield, I feel like if this game could have another year in the oven, like, this would have been like a pretty good game like i'm i mean i'm already enjoying it although that might change because like you know i i mean i'm only like two and a half hours in but like 
you know, just more time in like in the oven would have been nice. I mean, the first like, three streams of X and Y were exactly that's why I'm saying like and it then the game kept going. Yeah. <laughs> Something that also has just kind of, like, blown my mind, and I guess this is just, like, the logical conclusion of where the series ends up after a long enough time, but, I mean, we've been doing this thing or whatever, where, like, we've been, like, ranking every design of, like, every Pokemon, like, by generation. <laughs> yeah, we're in Century right now. Yeah, mm-hmm. we gotta do that. Let's start reviewing them right now. What Fuck does everybody no. think about Trico? <laughs> no! Trico's a fucking cop. Damn! What? <laughs> what? Damn. Have you seen Grovile? Dude, like, have you seen Septiles? Rico is that dude who grows up in the hood and then betrays your homies, bro. <laughs> wow. That is a like really that. specific take. <laughs> and then when you ask Trico, why did you do this? He says, sorry, man, your ass is grass. Boo. <laughs> Um, but no, the the thing, my take, my honest to god takeaway from that was, um, I didn't realize that even like fans of the series can no longer name every single one anymore. Yeah, I, oh yeah, yeah. If you can like, because because facing your brain for all the Pokemon. Yeah, because like, yeah. is there is there a thousand yet? No. Okay. No, but even with no. Gen eight, it's like at nine hundred something. Okay, but like that's a lot. Like so, low like, nine hundred. Because and ever since like Gen. Six, they've been adding like less and less Pokemon every time. Because I remember, like, what by the time like I jump ship at Gen Four, like people could still name every single one of them, and like it was getting a little nuts. But like I, back when I was into it, I bet if you asked me, I could have named every single one from Gens One through Three, like no problem. But just like the as the series goes on, and just it becomes bloated with how many of these fucking things we have around now, like. Yeah, just you have to kind of start to poke your brain like which one is this again? <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't mind that they're making less of them. Although, like, I, unfortunately, with Gen Eight, I feel like overall the designs of the Pokemon are way. They're like, starting to look more and more like Yokai Watch every new iteration. You know, Man, I, like, I I don't remember what it was, but I saw a thing recently that like sort of pointed out how. Um, a lot of the older like design mentalities like did a oh, yeah, lot more have, like, to retain design, yeah, philosophy. Oh, one hundred percent, like a big mm-hmm. distinguished like like a sharper, that, like, like more yeah, like but like even beyond that, quote, like unquote, look, yeah, for sure, pointy. But like a lot of the old ones, like definitely stuck closer to like regular animal like structure, like in yeah. terms of like. Biology and physicality, yeah, 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 biology. And then, like, I think from like Gen five ish to Gen, and definitely by Gen six onwards, like they have like more bigger proportion heads to their bodies. Like, like Pokemon are like a lot of them are designed to be look like more rounder, and I guess Mm -hmm. quote unquote like cuter. Like, it's hard to describe, but if you like looked at a list of all of them, I think you'd understand what like I'm talking about. Like, yeah, they're overall less sharp. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I feel is very like pointed with that is like, man, these a lot of these new Pokemon just have like human faces. <laughs> Please elaborate. I'm very curious. <laughs> no, I, I mean like, or human like in terms of like cartoony, like 
like they got their big old eyes like the mouth oh there. like like not like venonat which is like a fucking no. i i pronounce that in the most wisconsin way possible i'm so sorry <laughs> but like you know what i mean like it's a fucking yeah bug furball thing like this this is not something that's like 100 percent consistent at all but it's definitely like there were a lot more pokemon that like had more traditionally like animalistic features back then i feel though i also feel like i know a lot of people that don't like the gen 1 designs because of that too i i yeah, think like i think yes and no i mean i like them because i grew up with them but like i like, like tauros is a fucking oh, that could know. be silent, you <laughs> fucking idiots people don't get it well, supposed to be it's a meme good guy. yeah it's supposed yeah. to be a fucking mimic and people don't get it yeah <laughs> people always complain about like you know like magnemite or grimer or whatever <laughs> have you ever looked at seal it's a I, seal there's a horn on its head nobody complains it, about seal in trying to defend that it's okay to make pokemon the object people forgot that it's okay to make pokemon objects yeah like the, the, just because the gen ones are like that too it doesn't make them big, also yeah. bad are we i getting... like grimer you assholes what are we getting an elf on the shelf pokemon i mean we well kind <laughs> we we of have like some mimi pokemon I, I feel like the closest we have is like galarian mr mime yeah mm. Mr. Rhyme. Fucking Mr. Rhyme. Mr. Rhyme looks like he's gonna sell me a Buster car. Yeah, I'm a salesman. Oh, I have a question also, too, about the rival thing in this game. Yes. So, I... I'm trying to think, or, like, remember back on, like, how the starter distribution went in the old games. And... I know that for like a while now they've done the thing where like all three of the starters go to different people or whatever. But do they? Depends on the game, really. Like yeah. they switch it up. Okay, but like because this is the first one I think I've I can recall where like your direct rival gets the one that is weak against yours. Usually it's no, the that's opposite. Oh, that has. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's. I don't know. That's weird to me. I'm so used to like the oh, fucking. I agree early thing because like i don't know it also just makes more sense to me like oh yeah your rival would be the one that like oh it's, it's a strong. tight matchup advantage because yeah. got first pick. <laughs> and like you have to work around that because like especially too like and i know the games have gotten better about this since i jumped off especially too but like way back in the day like i knew i mean even like probably my first run of red and I know a lot of other kids did this where, like, your starter just tanks everything. Like, even, like, gyms where it probably shouldn't sort of thing. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I and, did and then, Yeah, and then when you get to the end game, it's like, oh, no, like, I can't just have Charizard blow up everything. And, like, I gotta oh, actually yes, work with this. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is interesting from, like, a game design standpoint that, like, they sort of teach the type advantage mechanics mm -hmm. in different ways. Like, I mean, I watched good old um, Rising Superstar Liam play Pokemon Shield, um, and I thought it was real interesting that, like, the first battle, like, you fight against your rival's Wulu, um, and that's, like... 
<laughs> once you defeat it, it gives you just enough EXP to learn like the elemental yeah. attack. Oh, that's cool. mm -hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. like a nice like game design thing because it teaches okay, like yeah. children Did... like the type advantage. Did y'all have yeah. okay? So <laughs> my score bunny used the first time score bunny used Ember on Grookey. It also was a critical hit. Did you guys? I have had the this? same yeah. thing. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that is <laughs> no. It's it's not. It's not. It's oh. not. Okay. Because um, I, I I was wondering because it's so awkward because it cuts to your rival's face and they're like, oh, so you already know about type advantage? Oh, wow, that's amazing. And then it also cuts again to go like, oh, wow, a critical hit, beginner's luck. But like, they're separate. <laughs> they're separate things so like it cut to that and then back to the battle and then to that again and i was like i feel i feel like this was supposed to be two separate things that happened this is very awkward <laughs> they've done something similar it's usually when like you're fighting like a gym leader or something they have like their last pokemon left like they have like in the other games they like used to cut in to like say something but like now it zooms in and it's like whoa it does, like, I guess take you out of it a little, like, just for a second. Because, <laughs> yeah, like, but... in, like, black and white, they would just, like, the character model would just slide in and then slide back out. <laughs> I, have yeah. one, I have one more question, and I don't know if any of y'all saw this. In the options menu, did y'all see the casual hand the ca uh, yes. control system? Yeah. yeah. So No, that makes sense, because, like, the other Pokemon games did this, where in the options menu, you can, like, set the L button to be the A button. That's super nice. Mm -hmm. I love that. I That's love when cool. I love when RPGs do that in particular. Shoutouts to Earthbound, Pioneer, ahead of its time. <laughs> um, now, uh, as uh, our favorite game reviewer of all time, Gaming in the Clinton years once said, you can play Earthbound in one hand and eat pizza in the other anyways. So, shoutouts oh to God. James Wood. What a hero. I think you mean George Wood? Uh, Who? Yeah, oh. First of all, yeah. Oh, sorry, George Wood, whatever. <laughs> Don't start making up gaming Jeez. in the Clinton years lore. <laughs> Pokemon Sword and Shield may have some performance issues, but I still don't think we've reached Toy Story level graphics yet. Uh, <laughs> uh, shout if out the next generation has sleeping, I'm gonna kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> shout outs to gaming in the Clinton years. The nineties were the nineties were a yeah. time. Yeah. Oh God. Um, mm -hmm. No. It, so the reason I bring this up is not only it's just like a nice thing, but um, literally an hour before I started playing Sword and Shield, I was finishing up some deliveries in Death Stranding, uh, which we'll get to later on the podcast, and I was just literally walking forward and texting someone in my other hand and then I looked up and I'm like oh shit I need to fucking start leaning to the right and I had to drop my phone and it's like Death Stranding is not a video game you can ever play one handed like this demands your full attention at all times and like you need yeah. both hands on the controller or else you're going to be tripping everywhere so to have Sword and Shield be the opposite of that and just let you calm the fuck down and just like yeah you can play this one handed and like text with the other I was like okay this is very very good so I appreciate that Does anyone have oh. any closing? Yeah, does anyone have any closing shot shots? Wow, damn! Closing Pew. shots on Sun and Shield. Pew. Sun and Shield. Sun and Shield. Oh fuck! Sun whatever. <laughs> oh. I'm done. What's Pokemon Life and Death, coward? 
<laughs> um, excuse you, that was X and Y. I think he, oh I know, he's right. I think. <laughs> fuck off. I, I think you mean beach and seam. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was bad. No, um, um, I guess. What, what's everyone's favorite new Pokemon? Ooh, oh, that's Scorch, I guess. Um, <laughs> I don't know what's new. <laughs> um, uh, is is Squawfit new? Yes. Squawfit's yeah. cool. It's supposed it's to be like the Radita equivalent. Oh, okay. How the fuck can Squawfit be your favorite? Uh, honestly, I don't, I, don't, yeah. I don't know what any of the new ones look like. Um, actually, you know what? I is Nickit new? Yes. Yeah. Nickit's cooler than Squawfit by a little bit. I am a big fan of the Gremlin one, the very big one. Grim Snarl. Grim Snarl. See, the problem is oh. I I don't remember these leaks as well as y'all do, and I don't know their names. Yeah. I, I like Cursula. That's... Oh, yeah, I think Cursula might be my favorite. That yeah. or Brunerigas. Yeah. yeah, like that one. Inside. Yeah, yeah, I had to agree with Matt. Runerigus is also pretty good. Those are some, those are some like good picks in terms of like new evolutions. So I'm glad. Mm -hmm. I'm happy they're adding again new evolutions, but they kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's good. I like it a lot. I, I don't, don't like most of them, but they're cool. Yeah. Is my gigantic meowth allowed to evolve into a gigantic Persian? No. no. Yeah, there's no long cat Persian. Oh, well, it can't even evolve, though. Wait, it can't? Nope. What? Huh. The, the Eevee, Pikachu, and Meowth can't evolve, like the event ones. That's so. Actually, please tell me how these work, because I literally went through this menu just to be like, oh, um, how does, like, this online thing work? And then I just got a Meowth. Like, do they just, no, like, cycle one through every week or something? Or how does that no, work? You need save data from the Let's Go games for the other two. So, like, or, no, I think Rosin's talking about Mystery Gift because, yeah, like, that's that just something thing. you can connect to. And, like, they have, like, a thing where you can connect to a local area like GameStop or Walmart and then, oh. like, get a, receive some sort of, like, gift. Like, right now, I think for the launch week or month of, uh, sword and shield if you go to a walmart and do the mystery gift local connection you can get like an outfit for your character and then like frequently they'll do like events at gamestop usually for like legendaries or what have you oh and then periodically you know they'll also just do like the online one i'm gonna have to drive to my gamestop i mean if you want to get some legendary you're never gonna oh, use probably oh no. okay i'll make the i'll make the <laughs> yeah. trek and then, like, yeah, there's, like, Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee-specific compatibility where there's, like, a, like two NPCs that'll give you, like, what I guess Pikachu or Eevee if you have save data from either of the games. Mm -hmm. That Pikachu is good. Yeah. Yeah, that's a yeah. new that's that's good. A one. That's good. That's a good fucking day. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So, yeah, Matt, Chonk. Oh, yeah, go on. No, no, I was just going to say Matt linked a list of, like, the Gen 8 Pokemon, and, eh. I think, yeah, this gen has, like, some pretty weak designs, and I'm not I sure, like, I think I like you around know. more than last gen, though. Mm, I personally don't. Like, I don't know, there's just something about a lot of Pokemon it, that just seemed, like, aesthetically unappealing for some reason, and it's hard to, like, describe why. 
it's a weird one because like, like there is more Pokemon compared to Sun and Moon in terms of like new additions, mm-hmm. but like the, a lot of them just seem like Pokemon that I wouldn't want to use. Is the thing? Yeah, like, British are fucking weird, man. <laughs> Maybe yeah. it's like a commentary on just how bland Britain is. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I honestly, did not say like, that. I mean, I mean the food, but like, um, I think what like my thing is they like showed the ones I liked the most early on, so it kind of yeah. just like was a bummer when I saw the rest. Yeah, like. Are you saying that as a what? What the Cramorant fan? Who the fuck? It, which one's Cramorant? That's the bird that like. No, Cramorant's so bad. <laughs> Cramorant is like a nothing Pokemon. Pelipper was right there. What do you mean? Like, why did they I will make say... this? I, I mean, it's fine. We need filler Pokemon for the others to be good. Mm, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I will say one good thing about Cramorant, at least from what I can gather from like the sprite leak is that sometimes instead of catching a fish <laughs> with oh, yeah, its stupid yeah. ability mm-hmm. it catches pikachu surfing. Yeah. <laughs> do you know about the extra um effect it has oh it probably does electric <laughs> for its signature move um like when it spits the stuff out it paralyzes you so that's incredible i like that and and it's random chance I I hate to hate to have started laughing, but I was looking through the um, Metacritic user reviews. Oh boy! And we got it. We got sixty-two out of eighty-four users found this review from Erlocks helpful, who uh, gave it a zero out of ten. Uh, oh not all Pokemon are in the game. PS2 graphics, PS1 animation, hand holding for the entire game, but entire is spelled I N T E R E. Um, <laughs> The... Okay, can I just cut in for a moment? Whenever someone says, like, PS2 graphics, I they know. have never played a PS2 I, game. I, I, I hate that so much. That game will not be able to run on a PS2 of all during Like, I, <laughs> I hate that because it's, like, the most... You, you want... There's, like, ten possible things you could be meaning, and none of those are... Like, because when someone says PS2 graphics, I do get an image of my mind of what that critique means with regard to, like, PS4 games. But, like, first of all, like, that's not what PS2 games look like. And, like, what you're trying to say is something else that's one of, like, ten other complaints that you just lack the vocabulary to, like, articulate. Um, Yeah. And, like, hey, even even throwing that out the window, like, PS2 games look good. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. Um, and I take it a game. Kingdom Hearts too. That looks nice. Have I... you guys seen um Fatal Frame? <laughs> Come on, yeah. that game looks so good. Yeah, like I think, like I honestly think it would be a much bigger insult if you called the things like looking like PS3 graphics. Then we're getting <laughs> to like the hot territory. Also, also, uh, the last line of this review is the game feels rushed for be available before Christmas. <laughs> what a hero! I know. 
That was definitely an 11 year old that wrote that. These are oh, these, these there's like an entire page of zero, one, and two reviews, by the way. I mean, we could definitely go on forever. Like, I could go on the Pokemon subreddit and just read like off like the billion idiotic complaints people have. Yeah, but to, this, like, this ain't, um, this ain't the podcast for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, there's one. Yeah. I'm sorry. Pokemon Fan 21 says this game is an exact. <laughs> This this game is an example of how don't do a video game. How don't do yeah. How don't do a video game. <laughs> okay, no, sorry. This is the last one, I promise. WBL is getting a little philosophical here. Gives it a 0 out of 10 and says, if a Pokemon game have not all Pokemon, why is it called Pokemon? Hashtag thank you, Game Freak. That doesn't... What? <laughs> so dumb. What is people's obsession with wanting all the Pokemon? Like, yeah, I'm... who what cares about Zeal? There's like a ton of Pokemon games that don't have all the Pokemon. Yeah. 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 Like, like for Gen 3, you need like three fucking Pokemon games to get all of them. Yeah. Like, I, so, like, 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 like honestly, see, this is like, I kind of get it if you're like a real like competitive player because like there's like stuff that you, you know you trained up that you can't transfer over. I guess like maybe that's like something. Like that, it I can definitely like make the Pokemon the stupidest fucking thing they ever made. That's for yeah, sure. yeah. But, but yeah. like, I still can't like, believe just... they charged a subscription for that. That's the funniest fucking thing in the world to me. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> listen, You're listen, right. listen, Matt. I owned the Pokemon box thing from Ooh. the GameCube <laughs> days back in the day, so yeah. you can also make fun of me. It's like the Boomer <laughs> Pokemon Bank. <laughs> okay, I I like remember like being a kid and like seeing them like like this is Ruby and Sapphire like on the GameCube but like they're not Ruby and Sapphire like I, I didn't understand what it was. They're just the vibes. <laughs> and and I was always like, what does that mean? Because I I never like really like heard anything about it. I was just like, huh? Like I want to buy it, but I don't know what it is. I had that. I had the Pokemon Channel game. Was that the one where Pikachu was an asshole? I mean, no, that's Hey You Pikachu. Well, isn't I mean, it? Pokemon, the Pokemon Channel thing was like the sequel to Hey You Pikachu, but without the voice commands. Um, and also it had you collected the DVDs to watch side by side. It's Pichu and Pichu. Oh, that's oh. a good one. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I remember there was like a weird snow area, and I think there was a Gengar who was an asshole. That's all Yo, I remember honestly, from that like, game. Tell, tell us to the Pokemon movies, because I hate them, they're garbage, but the Pokemon shorts always come with it, are great. The vacation yeah. one was good yeah. from the first movie. I like yeah. the third one, where, you know, it's Pichu and other There's people. the one with fucking Snorlax! Hell yeah. So, I think I think that's the same one that was in the game, actually. Uh... Is that the one where they, where they piss off the weird hellhound-looking thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. fucking know what the fuck those are. Okay, we're I mean, it is a hellhound. We ran out of Pokemon content to talk about. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And go play Pokemon, I guess. Well, yeah. Honestly, I think it's fine, and I feel like if you're not, if you wanna support life free, <laughs> man, 
thing that people also don't get is like even if whether you don't support it or not like y'all realize these games don't make like don't even make like what a third of their total revenue like it's all yeah. about the merchandise baby it's all about yeah like, don't convince some 10 year olds to stop buying dolls i guess like yeah. if you want to contribute something but like on, honestly like and if you are like somehow listening to this and like are and that just that gave crowd, you an idea like, but but like <laughs> Yeah, if you're somehow an hour into this and, like, you're one of those people who's, like, ridiculously upset, it's like, man, like, go check out, like, fucking, like, I don't know, like... Go pick a football. Yeah, well, that... Like, go play a different monster collecting game. Go yeah. play SMT. Go play Digimon Cyber Sleuths. That's a good one. Like, yeah, or, like, even... Expand your horizon, you fool. Expand into, like, different JRPGs, even if, like, you're not that tied to the mon. Like, just go play, like, Dragon Quest Eleven if you want, like, a good traditional turn-based thing or whatever, even, like... <laughs> There's like, so many maybe... other things to spend your time on than getting mad that... Yeah. Go play a ROM hack or something. I don't know. Those yeah, are, like, like honestly... usually, like... Like, actually, the good ones, you know, that are actually kind yeah, of... Yeah, Pokemon Nuclear like... and shit. Fuck okay, yeah. not... No, that was Uranium, and no, that is not a good I'm one. I'm nuclear. <laughs> Pokemon Uranium. I'm wild. <laughs> God. And also, too, like... I don't know. This is just, like, the only other thing I've been thinking of is, um... Is there any other, like, Mon RPG series where the expectation is that all of them carry over every single time? I don't think there's no, ever no, been a long-running no. one that, that like, SM one, yeah. SMT always changes it up. I'm pretty sure Digimon's always changed it up. Yeah. Like, I know, uh, what is it? There was Dragon Quest Warriors 1 and 2 on the Game Boy Color. I'm pretty sure you could trade, or at least transfer up from 1 to 2. But you know that was. But like by the time you get to the color DS, game. like the DS and 3DS games, I feel like they're yeah, completely they're all, different. Yeah, they're like a completely different beast. Yeah. 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 I don't know. People. I, Be I, glad that y'all had it nice for this. Long. Like, feel sorry for like the game developers that have to like churn these out every year. Like. And like that thing about like you know morale like Game Freak is you know being low is true, which I definitely believe. Like, come on. Well, I mean, like, yeah, if you look at their social media and the shit people's throwing their way. And, like, yeah, like again, it's not even their fault, probably. It's probably, like, higher... The, the thing probably lies higher up in the chain than people think, and, like, yeah. those are the people that are never going to have to see any of this, either, mm -hmm. which is the frustrating thing, and it's like... Yeah, I don't know. Like, people just need to calm the fuck down. I mean, like, it's yeah. easy for me to say because, like... I don't know, I don't even know if I should say that, because it's like, on one hand, it's easy for me to say because, like, I don't have the attachment there, but also, like, even if there I didn't have the attachment... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, with empathy and, yeah. like, normal emotions, like... Well, like, it's just, like, I can't give enough of a shit about, like, fucking climate change is happening, motherfuckers. Like, I can't give a shit about this fucking, like, $60, like, weird, like... <laughs> bunny collecting yeah. game that like people are mad about because it doesn't run as good or whatever the fuck like i don't know people yeah. need to chill the fuck out but that's just the state of video game fandom i think there's something to be said about like the performance issues you know the pokemon games being garbage yeah know? oh yeah for mm -hmm. sure like there are legitimate like critiques but yeah. definitely not like pl please don't set death strats yeah like yeah and i think that's the thing too is like yeah like I mean, like, even, like, I've said, too, like, I wish this game was more radically different than, like, it is or whatever, like, from what I've experienced of it so far and what, you know, reviews and what other impressions have led me to believe or whatever. Like, I, I'm not, like, 
immediately in love with this either sort of thing and like i think that there's like a lot of room for disappointment like fucking like i spent like a fucking year being like man persona 5 really let me down but also like you, a piece <laughs> of garbage. yeah like you don't yeah. you don't see me every time atlas posts something about royal going atlas lies <laughs> <laughs> yeah like it's like just like go play other games or just like even like if you feel really impassioned go make a productive critique or review or or, or something and like preferably one that's maybe not seven hours long not yeah, seven yeah. hours long and like has you screaming with your your fucking um sobble evolution rant sona <laughs> that thing is an incel i'm sorry it does kind of look like an incel but it does look cool mm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I don't know. I like Inteleon's design. Like, mm. I don't know. I think it looks a pretty. cool oh. intro. Okay, it's definitely not a cool intro. You know what I mean. <laughs> Everyone was wondering why Sable was crying, but we we didn't know it's it was true. to the future. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna grow up to be a loser. <laughs> Go go kick a football, Sable. Anyways, um, <clears throat> so it looks like Jake's gonna join us shortly, but nice. uh, before that, because we're gonna talk about Death Stranding with Jake, Matt. While that happens, do we? <laughs> Yo, it's time to go buy some fucking cookies. I'll be here. That's extremely fair. Dang, at least even I wasn't gonna leave until. <laughs> Dang. Nah, man, I need to take a break, man. I'll be back. Okay. Okay. Damn. That's, 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 fair enough. It's valid. Okay, <laughs> Matt. You and I, you and I are corporate capitalist shells and butt Disney oh, Plus yeah. subscriptions. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Uh, we've been watching The Mandalorian, the new Star Wars mini, and actually first live-action Star Wars miniseries, which is kind of weird to think, but, um, it's directed, well, actually not directed, I don't think, but it's written by Jon Favreau. Yeah, um, the director of the first episode, at least, I think they're probably gonna have rotating ones like normal shows, but, um... I believe that's the case, yeah. Yeah, like, by Dave... Filoni, I want to say his last name is. It might be a different spelling. But he's um, one of like the main creative forces behind like the animated Clone Wars like 3 CG TV show. So like, um, and I think he also came on board for some other stuff regarding I want to say Rogue One but I don't know. I mean, that would make sense. Like, Rogue One has some stuff that ties in with those TV shows, even. Yeah, no, no, that's why I think it was that one. But I don't know, he's he's been involved with stuff for a minute. Yeah. Um, I don't know. So you what, watched... what did you think about it? So, you watched the first episode, I watched the first and the second episode that came out today. Um, it's weird. I feel... I feel more complicated emotions about this than I feel like I should. Um, because I watched the first one and I went, it's okay, I'll keep watching. And then the second one was a lot more fun and I was like, okay, I actually, I'm starting to appreciate this more. Uh, so I'm kind of cautiously optimistic to see where it goes. Um, weirdly, my one takeaway, that soundtrack fucking slaps. Yeah, the the ending theme is really good. It's, I was not expecting that at Mm -hmm. all. Um... 
it's a little a few people on twitter i saw talking about this it's a little dull like just like color and atmosphere wise it's a little dull feels maybe they tried a little too hard to go for like the washed out look and i kind of agree with that i wish it was a little more colorful um i i did immediately like double check the settings on my tv yeah um did you double check your ears after hearing that man's wonderful alien tongue Mm, love it (laughs) love it my ears are just perfect (laughs) Yeah, I know. Honestly, <laughs> as soon as I as soon as I started watching this episode, I'm like Matt's gonna fucking love this. This is so dumb. <laughs> no, it was good. Honestly, speaking of that, like it it hit me that it was really weird. Like, oh, these Star Wars people are just talking like Americans. <laughs> like it, it weirded me out for a second. Like it's not like there hasn't been that, but like it's just like oh, all of them. Yeah. Well, the Imperials um, are always coded as Brits for some reason, too. Except yeah. for Herzog here. We'll, we'll get to him. Um, I I feel odd in the sense that I feel like a year ago I would have enjoyed this more. I'm starting to wonder if I'm feeling a little burnt out on Star Wars for now. Just, I, I think I... Oh, go ahead, sorry. No, just like... Like, that that Jedi Fallen Order game came out and, like, generally pretty well-received other than some performance issues, and it's like, man, this is kind of like a Dark Souls, like, Metroidvania, like, 3D action game approach to Star Wars that apparently is pretty cool, and apparently the plot is actually pretty well done and people seem to really like it. Even, like, the people... Apparently even the people that have been really, you know... Obviously there's, like, a whole fucking hate thing around Star Wars now. Like, even those people seem to like it, and I was like damn, this seems pretty cool or whatever, but, like, even, I'm like, I don't know if I care enough to check this out for a while yet. And I think it's just, like, I think I've kind of accepted that for as wide of a variety that those movies, like, paint a picture for the setting and just, like, the possible different worlds and people and cultures and all that, I feel like when it comes to actually settling down and telling a story... I think there's like way too many common go-tos that I'm just starting to see through the cracks and kind of like, I don't know. Like there's only so many times that you can have like a seemingly calm situation, then a weird alien creature shows up and like a wacky like chase hat. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. stuff like that starts to get to me where I'm like, I don't know how I feel about this, where like, I feel like I've seen this a bunch of different times already. Uh, and then episode two has like, weird like western cowboy like theatrics but like with the mandalorian fighting jawas <laughs> and i was like okay this is really good actually <laughs> uh, are, are, are they the weird dark jawas i don't know what a dark jawa I, is i don't know what they are but like i saw this action figure thing of like these jawas like in black hoods with red eyes okay so they don't they don't have black hoods but they do definitely have red eyes oh that's weird what what do jawas look like under the hood i don't know i don't I know I look want this to. Up. they're like shy uh, guys I, you know you never know yes um no I, I my thing with the mandalorian is when i started like i have not been paying attention it's like I was not exactly like the most anticipating for this, sh- like anticipating. I guess we, like the most excited for this show. Like, I was always gonna watch it, and I've never been like a huge fan of the whole idea. Like, oh, you gotta put like 
like Boba Fett's the fucking coolest. Where's the Boba Fett show or like shit like that? Like, I, I don't need that. I think it's a little bit like, uh, like it, it is like oh, I want the Obi Wan show because like I think there's a lot of potential there, but like I, I don't need Solo. I don't need this. But I actually liked it a lot more than I expected to. Like, so, first couple minutes of this episode is just, like, it is exactly, like, I'm like, oh, yep, it's, it's cool, man. Yep. <laughs> but then, it gets weird. It does. Like, it, it just stops being that. Like, and there's still, like, he still kind of is, like, cool, man. But it's fucking goofy, like... Like, this is, like, he is supposed to be, like, the most capable, like, bounty hunter in, like, his guild and shit. And then he just fucking, like, jobs immediately. Oh, that key, that is a consistent theme into the next episode, too. Yes. It's so good. <laughs> this man gets his ass kicked by Jawas. It's pretty great. I, I love it. Like, um, I guess spoilers for this. Like, I thought the Mandalorian stuff was weird. Like I wish it was can't... handled better, and I hope the rest of the series does it a little. Mm-hmm. Like, because I think, like, I want... So, like, as someone who, like, casually from, like, other Star Wars stuff I experienced as a kid, like, knows, like, at least the old canon stuff about, like, the Mandalorian culture and, like, all that stuff. Like, I, I think it would be cool if this series went into all of that just to give us a better understanding of this guy and, like, kind of the place he occupies because it's, like... I'm pretty sure from that, like, brief flashback we got, like, they're supposed to pretty much all be dead, except for, like, a few that survived or whatever, but, like, I want to know where they're at, like, kind of what their deal is, I guess, and kind of a a better sense of what, like, their beliefs and kind of, like... Well, he's got his Mandalorian clan buddies or whatever they are yeah and like i i just i like even the like i want to know what those people are up to sort of thing yeah it's weird because like unless i'm wrong like i'm like i my reading of it currently is like oh i guess like over time like the culture changed and grew into what it is in like this show but like I'm pretty sure like only the soldiers wore the helmets and like they were, like i know for a fact like there were just people like it was the planet mandalore and like they had like normal ass governments and monarchy and shit like that but like the elite warriors or something like had the masks and shit or like that but like you go into like this little like mandalorian like i don't know hideout like clan area and like you have fucking got like everyone in there wearing the masks like <laughs> apparently they never take them off you see you see kids run by with like mini mandalore masks and, I'm like, uh, and, and well, they even before... say when he melts down the metal like oh this is gonna give like some cool shoulder pads for a bunch of different kids and he was <laughs> and he's like i was a kid one time <laughs> like <laughs> yeah also that's really cheesy he like literally just like the most campy ass war flashbacks yeah like 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 spliced with just i want to say like solemn like gazing but like you can't see his face so it's just like a still yeah um but no like there's that so it's like it is trying to do two things and they kind of don't work but i'm still kind of enjoying it like like the second he tried to ride that like sand monster i'm like oh this feels like star wars 
Yeah. And I think, like, what they they do a really good, like, this is supposed to be, like, a Western type thing, too. And they do something really cool where, like, like that's, like, the classic, like, oh, cowboy can't ride the fucking cool-ass horse thing or whatever. Like, you know, like, mm-hmm. I've seen that before in, like, a bunch of old Westerns and shit like that. And, like, then he, like, does it or whatever. And that's when he's, t- it's time to kick ass or whatever. Um, and then they also do this thing where, so I guess spoilers for the end of the episode. <laughs> Oh my god, yeah. Um, so, like, the entire gimmick of the show seems to be that he's gonna be palling around with a fucking baby Yoda in a hover carriage. I could not believe this shit. So, Matt, how familiar are you with Lone Wolf and Cub? Not very. So it's a, it's like a classic, like, samurai, like, well, it was, I think it was originally a, like, old-ass manga series that became, like classic samurai films or whatever like i think it was like a series of seven i own a like criterion blu-ray collection i just haven't really given them the time of day yet um okay but i mean like you know a lot of like early westerns and stuff were in like influenced by samurai movies and stuff first or whatever like the oh yeah 100 percent. yeah so i think it, it was really cool because it feels like it that is an homage to that series because there's like the next like minor spoilers but like the second episode opens and he's like having to do a fight scene while also managing the fact that he's watching for a baby in a carriage Mm -hmm. and it's like okay so they're doing they're doing a lot a little bit of that and they're kind of bringing all of this together to do some cool homage stuff on top of like the star warsy type stuff and that's where it really starts to work in my opinion Mm-hmm. There's a few things where I kind of grown a little bit be- and Solo had this Solo I think is probably my least favorite of all the <laughs> movies um and part of it was because that movie could not like resist the urge to suddenly be like hey you fucking remember this thing in the most yeah. obnoxious way possible especially towards the end um I <laughs> There's a part where the there's like a one two punch where that alien guy and like overall it's like a funny bit or whatever. But that alien guy is like, oh, I'm gonna use the toilet, and then he references Life Day from the Holiday Special, and then he pulls out like, oh, there's all these carbonite slabs of people just like Han Solo was, Mm -hmm. and I was like, come on, and like it's that was bad. It's a funny joke when he like pushes him in or whatever. It's like, oh, I got him or whatever. But like, I was like, okay, this is a little too cutesy. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, But then that being said, the second episode, a bunch of fucking Jawas show up, and there's a fight scene, and I go, oh, Jawas. (laughs) So fuck me, I guess. But yeah, Jawas are good. They're good. Yeah. And honestly, they're not in the movies that much. It's fine. I know. Um, I also, this is something that, like, I mean, you saw it used a little bit in the first episode, I think, but also, like, it becomes more apparent in a fight scene that happens in episode two, but, like, man, they're never gonna let him burn anything with that flamethrower. Um... Or, or at least when he uses it on something, it's not going to be very effective. <laughs> like, Does he have one? I didn't notice. Yeah, he has, like, the wrist-mounted flamethrower thing, and uh. at least in the second episode, he uses it a couple times, and it's... It is very... They're very clearly never going to set a person on fire in this show, because that would be a little too fucked up for what they're trying it's to do. good that he doesn't have it, because it would make a lot of stuff just not enough issues. But man, I'm just like... Where's his jetpack? 
Don't lose your jetpack, man. I didn't even think about that. See, <laughs> you, you know what? Actually, it's funny you reference this because I was a little worried that this would feel a little too Django Fetty, like dual wielding pistols, like mm-hmm. being super bad at. And like they, they actually, this feels closer to like a Boba Fett or like original trilogy, like gunfight sequences and stuff. Oh yeah, uh, but I mean, like even they bring out that minigun that feels very cowboy movie, like stuff like that too. They're doing a pretty good job of of mixing the western elements and all that so far mm-hmm. too. And he also has a rifle that feels very old time bolt actiony too. So yeah, he's got like a spear. Yeah, it, it, it's a cool mix of stuff that's not always like very Star Warsy. It's nice. Mm-hmm. I I feel like it's going to go a very obvious route though, where he's going to tell Werner Herzog, Imperial Remnant guy, to fuck off and live, oh yeah, live with the baby Yoda, I guess. But mm-hmm. honestly, like with the way, like, like right now, I'm consuming this as like a cheesy, like enjoyable, like fun ride. Yeah, it, it's very different from a lot of other Star Wars. The dialogue, like, and the some of like the way it makes me feel like it's definitely there which is honestly kind of surprising because like i really didn't feel that in the beginning like at all yeah like he becomes a different character at a certain point in that um episode and it's very odd yeah and also i think there are some neat things paralleling because i mean we get like bounty howard or why well, i said that fucking weird we get like bounty hunter stories and shit in a lot of those like old Star Wars novels and like spin-off comics mm-hmm. and whatever the fuck. And there's that Bounty Hunter video game which I played back in the day, but I think that this is taking like a more unique approach where like you're really seeing the humanity of the dude inside there and mm-hmm. you can tell like he, he's doing a lot of shit and like he's not particularly caring who he's fucking over, but like he does have a sense of morality and like will help out or do the right thing when, like, push really comes to shove. Uh, mm-hmm. And they're kind of playing with it in, like, a really interesting... Like, there's a couple things, too, where, like, you kind of are introduced to him. Like, this is post-Return of the Jedi, so you're kind of seeing him in this, like, really unstable part of the world that has lost even more stability because, like, the regime that was there is no longer in power. Like, there's Mm -hmm. issues with, um, like, his business is affected because no one really is sure what currency to use anymore. And, like, I thought that was a really interesting touch. Yeah, I liked that a lot. Because, like, I never thought about that, but it's like, yeah, like, you take down an empire like that, like business is going to be weird for a bit because you have to come up with something to replace it and get all of the logistics back into place. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like you have like a really weird, like bartering system in place now um, that I thought was interesting. And also, um, I don't know. I think they're trying to parallel a little bit with how like, Oh, like the Jedi where, you know, the Jedi were mostly wiped out and there's only a few left living in secrecy or whatever with the Mandalorians mm-hmm. mostly being wiped out and living in secrecy and kind of being a legend sort of thing. It, it's interesting. Yeah, I I think it's, like, actually, like, really unexpected because, like, the way the Mandalorians are in there, like, they're not the same as they were, like, in, like, prequel trilogy era. Like, hey, it doesn't make sense if you look at, like, hey, it's only been, like, 20 years or something like that. But, like, that's never really made sense when you think about it in Star Wars, so, like, just ignore that. But, like, they're clearly, like, 
they've been at this for a while like their culture has changed a lot like throughout like the changing world and i think it's like very interesting instead of like oh here's the thing you know it's like here's like the visuals of the thing you know but it's fundamentally different yeah i think that's very cool like to play with there's um i don't want to spoil too much from episode two yet either um but i I, something i thought was really interesting is um because i mean in the original trilogy like you see people do jedi shit or, or you know maybe not so much in the original trilogy even past like the first movie but in star wars stories of that ilk you often get people doing force stuff and people being like oh that was some jedi shit or in like recognizing it and like kind of knowing from like the legends and all that mm-hmm. but also at the same time you have this thing where like they also keep telling you like oh in different parts of the world people think the jedi didn't even exist they were just like myths or whatever you know like it was all all a lie or just all legend or, or whatever even though it's only been like 20 fucking years yeah um i thought there was a really interesting thing where um like you get that like uh alien dude who keeps saying i have spoken or whatever um, i liked that a lot <laughs> he, it's so weird it's very star wars it is it's a good character tick in the first two episodes he keeps saying shit to the effect of oh you're a mandalorian i figured you would have got it done by now or or even you you get stuff like that i think even like fucking the imperial commander guy even references like oh we know because you're a mandalorian you can get this shit done and Mm -hmm. like we'll pay well or whatever um so you like you kind of have this like grimy part of the galaxy where like the mandalorians are the legends now then when you get to a specific scene in episode two where a baby Yoda force related thing happens. Fuck. And, and a few characters have a conversation and they're like, do you know what the fuck is going on? And everyone's like, no, I like it. It's maybe the first star Wars thing where I've actually seen there be a like believable rendition of the, Oh, we've never seen the force before. Like, we don't know what the hell this is sort of thing. Uh, and, and I was kind of impressed by that, but yeah, overall, I like that. overall I'm enjoying it. I hope it keeps going more towards the like Western fun time adventures. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and it, it has like a, a pretty lighthearted tone and I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be predictable and play it safe in a lot of ways, but at the same time, I think that's fine. I'm cool with that. Yeah, like, I'm enjoying it for what it is. These episodes are actually a little short, too, which is kind of weird. I guess it's probably more so children can watch it, I guess. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's fine. I I think it's I think it turned out better than I thought it would. Absolutely. Uh, I hope they don't drop the ball, because that yeah. baby Yoda shit could end up going weird. <laughs> um, I, I will say that, God, like... I, I've just been feeling, like, really cynical about, like, just corporations and, like, properties and, like, all that, like, all, all that shit lately. Yeah. God, it's it's nice seeing a TV show with this much money put into it. Yeah, it it looks pretty good. Um, yeah. it's, it's got a budget for, like, special effects, m- makeup, like, costumes. It's very nice because, like, oof, TV yeah, doesn't like, have that. That fish dude looked great. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, and overall, I think the choreography and everything is pretty good too. Like they they put this together pretty well. I mean, mm-hmm. it's Disney, so but yep. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. I'm cautiously optimistic, and I guess I'll look forward to whatever the fuck that Obi-Wan miniseries is going to be, because um, I guess Ewan McGregor will be all in on that. Um, what are they going to make him look like? Uh, I don't know. It's going to be so weird. Well, like, my, my thing is, like, what the fuck? Because, like, the only thing I can see them doing is, like, oh, he's going to have a fight with some Tusken Raiders, and then it's going to lead to whack. But, like... They can't do too much with the Obi-Wan series because he's in hiding and, like, mm-hmm. he can't do anything that would bring too much attention or else that would... The point is that he's on Tatooine the whole time. <laughs> also, he can't fight Darth Maul because they did that, which is a bummer and a half. Yeah. Like, like I don't need that to be, like, oh, yeah, like, that's the cool thing, but, like, that is something, like, they kind of set up in the series or, like, now in the movies, too. So, like, it's just weird. Did like you, they can't actually capitalize on that, really. Did you know in the Star Wars Fallen Order game, apparently another Darth Maul per, like, race person shows up, and they're like, oh, you survived too? Because <laughs> that's, how, that's how those go. <laughs> I hope it's everyone's favorite character, Savage Opress. I don't think so. I think, it, I think they're all new. That would be the fucking funniest thing if it was him. It's, Thank uh... you, George Lucas, for that name. <laughs> uh, how are you feeling about the upcoming third movie in the in the sequel trilogy? I can I can pop it on that. That I hope it's good, but it doesn't seem like it's gonna be. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I'm. JJ's the crowd pleaser, and that's not exactly what I want. So it's weird because. I feel like they've started to pick up on that sentiment because he had an interview recently where he's like, don't worry, guys, it's not going to be like Force Awakens. I'm not playing it safe at all. He's full of shit. Yeah, I see. That's the thing. like I especially him. I don't believe any interview quote. Um, No, that's what I mean. Like, yeah, (laughs) like he, he lied about Star Trek. Like, I can't trust anything. Like, I didn't pay attention to that, but that's enough for me. But like also to um why why is her name escaping me uh Ray actress why Daisy I, Ridley yes 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 she had an interview recently where she was asked like oh can you briefly describe like the tone of the movie and she was like dark depressing but also joyful and I'm like that means nothing I'm sorry but like yeah I'm honestly I'm looking forward to that movie just to see the fucking emperor ham it up it's all i I... I don't want him back though i don't i don't either but if we have to live in the reality where he's back because we have to keep going back because they they keep running out of ideas need to bring back the old things too many people complained when the last movie was unique and original so now they need to go back to the old things Dude, dude that's my thing it's just like Like, two of the most visually powerful, like, scenes in that movie, like, um, Kylo Ren's, like, just breaking the shit out of that mask, like, the lightsaber breaking, like, those are just so good in terms of just, like, visual artistry, and they literally just reverse both of those. (laughs) Yeah, and so, like, my thing is, like, at least for the Kylo thing... I could be fine with it if the point in the plot is, oh, he is refusing to, like, grow or, like, mm-hmm. use that. Ex- I don't believe they're going to do that. I think no. they just want to yeah. bring back the status quo. I don't trust yeah. them at all. I mean, so what I think it is is, like, 
like I agree with you like I'd totally be fine if it was that but it's like man like you look at it like oh it's back together it's got these like cracked lines that are just permanently like molten red for some reason <laughs> like it, it's like that because it's a good toy yeah it's um and, it's weird I also too like I I don't know who fucking if it's still going on I'm sure it is like the whole like should Kylo Ren be redeemed discourse and like I feel, no. like, I feel like he will be because that's how these movies go and all that but yeah. also like I, no. I I really hate the idea too that a lot of people have where it's like oh well these are always really traditional good versus evil morality plays and like they can't ever be anything but that and it's like you know I feel like especially like but also I feel like especially in today's climate and don't say that the Star Wars movies never do that because fucking Jesus Christ there's some George Bush era ass politics in those prequel yeah. movies yeah <laughs> there really is it's fucked um mm-hmm <laughs> I feel like now more than ever, some people can't be redeemed. They're just going to double down on being shitty, and you just got to deal. Like, I don't think that every single time we need the the dude to be redeemable as, like, a thing. Like, and I feel like that should be the case in Star Wars, too. Like, some people are just going to double down on being shitty dark side people. I I mean, hey, hot take. Um, Maybe it wasn't really Luke's place to redeem Darth Vader at all. <laughs> he lost like some old dude he knew for like a week. <laughs> That's uh... it. Oh, I guess he lost like his family, but um I forgot about that. Insignificant. Damn. Yes. Speaking of Hello. insignificance, it's Jake. I'm sorry that's mean. <laughs> wow. Hi guys, how's it going? <laughs> Uh, it's, it's going. We're talking Star Wars stuff. I'll say I'm curious about Nine, but I'm kind of I'm kind of cynical about it. This is where I'll leave off on that. I just I don't know if I feel like they're gonna double back around too much because everyone fucking hated Last Jedi, even though I think that movie is like one of the best Star Wars. <laughs> Like I, I, like even like Matt, you and I recorded a podcast thing like back when like that movie came out when you know we talked about it or whatever, and like we both even had critiques then when like we came out of it, but like we both still really enjoyed that movie, and I still stand by that. Like it's not a perfect movie, but like fuck, there's some really good ideas in there thematically that I just don't think they have any. Like they're not going to stick to it all. I don't think, judging by how they're going with it. So we'll see. But yeah, now that <laughs> now that Jake has entered, I feel like we might as well transition on over to Death Stranding talk. Yeah. Is Fang Bye. back? What is Fang back? Did Fang come back? This is why y'all can't leave podcasts. Yeah, I came back. Oh, but I can leave because I actually have to leave. Oh, Hi. goodbye. Goodbye, yeah. Trent. Goodbye. It was fun being on the first episode of, what was this thing called again? What are we, yeah, what last, are we calling last this? One heart left. Last, last heart. I just realized I had my mic muted. Ha ha. Tricked you there. I immediately enjoy Jake asking what the podcast is named and fucking up the name. I thought we were, I thought we were sticking to Jake cast. Nope. <laughs> Uh, that got oh, I'd be one. so down for Shakeas though. <laughs> that, got, that got vetoed. 
check me out at twitter.com slash the Please follow me for clout. Uh, he just tweets about Fate Grand Order all the fucking no, time. No, I don't. I don't tweet about Gotcha as much as I used to. Shut up. Damn. <laughs> uh, I like serotonin, so please like and retweet my t- bad tweets. Okay, I'm actually going to go goodbye, though. Goodbye. Yeah, Have yeah, a good night. Care. Thanks for joining. No problem. Thanks for having me on. Rosin, just now because just because one. just because you record and upload this shit doesn't mean you get to choose the name. What the fuck? Well, <laughs> speaking of the speaking of the unfairness of democracy and its failure as a system, Hideo Kojima's Death Stranding <laughs> is about the hardships of modern day America. It sure oh, is. Man. It sure is. Um, so we've all been playing some Death Stranding. I I just got to episode three. I'm fighting AVT right now. Wow. In in episode four? No, in episode three. Okay. I I delivered a lady to her hut or not husband, boyfriend, who they then have a really long proposal cutscene for some reason. Oh god, really? You ever just deliver a person? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, hold on. I mean, you deliver. You technically deliver her person. Oh shit! I mean, they were dating before. I don't know, man. Um, this is still complicated. So, um, but yeah, look forward to that. Um, yeah, I've hit chapter five. I'm almost done with that. Yeah, so most of I, all of us are in chapter three at least, right? Yeah, uh, I'm still on two, but like, go ahead and talk about it. Okay, that's fine. Um, so for those of you not familiar with Death Stranding, it's Hideo. Wow, that was bad. Hideo Kojima's latest. Hideo? I, can't, I can't. I can't fucking speak tonight. Is what I've taken away from this, but. It's Kojima's latest game, first uh, not associated with Konami, um, at least for, I don't know if when he first started out he was doing Konami stuff or if there was stuff beforehand actually now that I think about it, but uh, at least it's the first one since uh, he was let go and Silent Hills all fell through and all that shit. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, did, you, did y'all see Norman Reedus's fucking quote about Silent Hills, by the way? No. He was no. like, glad that didn't happen. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. What does that mean? Like, it it sounded like he was like, yeah, Death Stranding was just a way better idea, and I'm kind of like, huh? I wonder. I almost wonder, I wonder if I I wonder how Silent Hills would have turned out. Maybe there's some stuff behind the scenes we were not privy to that Norman was not happy with, but maybe Konami or or that too. Honestly, I could believe that too. I would believe that they would be having issues with that. Um, Rip Silent Hill as a franchise, I guess. Um, yep. Yeah, so it's his return to making stuff uh, backed by uh, the remnants of Kojima Productions, which is now its own thing, uh, backed by Sony. Uh, they got help from the Guerrilla Games people, also known for making Horizon Zero Dawn and Killzone. Yeah, uh, you can you can actually find the main character from Horizon Zero Dawn as a hologram. Oh, thing. interesting. Oh. Huh. That's huh. Well, they're using yeah, the I... they're using the Horizon engine in part. Yeah, yeah. the Decima engine is pretty good. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's yeah. a very good looking game. It's very pretty. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's good. It yeah, also nice. runs pretty well on the basic PS4. Yeah, it does. Yeah. yeah. I've had no yeah, I've had no issues or anything. So there's some like when you're loading into like a new region, it can take a little bit, but it's fine. Yeah. Um I mean that's to be expected, I especially for like a late generation game. Uh, uh, even though the loading takes like a little bit, the, um, mm-hmm. like the errors are big, so it's not like you're loading in all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, it's overall, I'm really having a good time with it. I have a few minor gripes here and there that I can get into, but it's been like a very chill way to end the year and even like the decade, like in terms of big-budget game releases, that I'm, I'm pretty happy that I'm spending my time with it. I... It's... You know, when, like, Oshima was saying, like, I'm gonna make a very unique game that I know I experienced that no one has ever seen before. I thought he was full of shit. And in some ways, he is. I mean, yeah, like, of course. <laughs> yeah. It's not like that Stranding's online system is anything special, but, like, it's so well implemented that, like, it works so well. I love it. American... It's insanely good. So, I mean... for, for, for those who don't know what the fuck that Stranding is, I don't blame you, because marketing for this game was fucking garbage. Um, or it was very good, you could say that, too. But that Stranding is a game about hiking, pretty much. It takes place in, like, a post-apocalyptic setting. And... We don't really know why, but the war has gone to shit. America is divided, and you play as Sam Porter Bridges, which you will hear that name a lot. And <sighs> you pretty much deliver packages from city to city, connecting them all together through a network. That's so just to literally like re make make America reborn through that. And the way that the online is, how can I say this? The way the online uh, game is implemented is that you don't really see other players, but once you actually connect a new city to this network, you will see everything that they're built to make the traveling easier. So at the beginning, you have like stairs and a rope you can use to make. Um, climbing easier, and as you go on, you unlock more stuff, like you unlock motorcycles, you can actually start making highways, but once you actually start connecting the cities, every, not everything, but stuff that our players build appear in your world, and out of nowhere, like, going to this hellhole that it used to take, like, 30 minutes to go through the city to the it now takes, like, 5 minutes, and delivering stuff becomes much easier, and it generates like this amazing sense of unity between people you know who the fuck they are and it really like pushes you to yo i want to make this i have i I, it was hell for me to go to this area i want to make it as easy as possible for everyone else and i want to cooperate with everyone to make like go into this game as much fun as it can be and even beyond that you can find other players like items and cargo and stuff that they've dropped and complete deliveries for them or yes. or entrust their lost cargo to other players to complete deliveries and there's like a very collaborative aspect despite the fact you're not seeing other players face to face. Yeah, yeah. I think it comes all to, it all comes to it really well. Like it, today no, yesterday. Yesterday um I started building like this highway and I only like 
put a little bit of materials in and I built the first part of the highway and I just went to the version packages to other shit and when I come back like they added like five more highways to it and it was like a big ass thing I could go around and it was so much easier to move through the world and that was such like a fantastic feeling. Yes. Yeah, no, I'm a, I'm addicted to getting likes. <laughs> I literally like I will go back to like my private locker and get all like the metal and ceramics I need to go build a fucking road on my own just so that I get the likes for it. Um right now it's, it's I think it's gotten to around like twenty thousand. Jesus. Okay. No, okay, it's time for Big Dick Antinomi, let me see. <laughs> I have uh, 35,000 likes. Damn. Nice. Damn. I built I also, I everything have... I can to help, to help you. I haven't checked it like two days, so. Wow, <laughs> oof. oof. We got some, we got some yeah. <laughs> clout one-upsmanship going on here. Yeah, I know, right? Meanwhile, I'm just sitting here with like 16,000, like, hmm. Don't know about that. I only have like 280 because I keep running out of space for building shit. Damn. I need to go. You'll and... get more eventually. Yeah, I, it's um, I I can already feel the game starting to open up in that regard. I'll get into that. Oh yeah. A little bit, but um, it, yeah, like at first I was kind of like they keep saying this is the first strand game, but I mean. American Truck Simulator is kind of a strand game if you think about it, but really, like the the social network e like multiplayer aspects of it, I think are really what make it unique beyond just a like open world delivery game and, and traversal yeah. and all that. It, it's a lot of the multiplayer elements and the fact that you can like other people's creations and do that sort of thing adds a very unique flavor to it. Um, yeah, I think my I, overall, am having a good time. Uh, definitely all of the multiplayer stuff is great. <laughs> the thing that I keep, like, thinking about is I'm, like, I'm someone who really likes to experiment and fuck around with different options in games. And I feel like compared to MGS5, I've had a few more points of frustration where, um, so, like, for one thing, you have this weird, like, well, I mean, we'll get into the baby later, I'm sure, but... You click R1 and you have this terrain sensor that kind of pings the nearby area for all, all of the different interactable items and stuff like that. And also gives you a general sense of, like, the terrain with a bunch of different icons. Um, it's detailed, but not so detailed that sometimes it's hard for me to tell whether or not I can Skyrim my way up a rocky surface or not. Um, and I, I feel like after playing for a while, you, you kind of get used to how the map looks. And you can tell, like, how the areas are going to be, but it takes a while. Yeah, yeah, like, I I feel like I'm starting to develop a sense for it, but I feel like, at least so far, I, I wish the game would let me get away with a little bit more than I have. Like, there there is one time where it was kind of funny. I built up, like, a ladder and, like, a weird, like, rope thing so that I could get to this plateau, only to realize that once I got up there, there was no other way for me to, like go the direction I needed to go for the mission. So I just went back down and did it the way you're supposed to. Um, and also, like, combined with that, just my my encumbrance capacity for now is so low, and I know that gets upgraded later, just from what people have said. That yeah, it does. It, it kind of, it, as you start to get more... And, like, the first upgrade is a very big upgrade. That's good, because the thing I was running into is 
dang, like, they're giving me so much different cool stuff that I can use, but I'm only ever going to be able to carry so much of this plus the cargo I need for the next delivery. Um, so, like, I, I kind of like that in the sense that, like, you can't just come equipped for your travels with every single thing. Like, you need to yeah. do some decision-making. Like, um... But even there's some things that went against that a little bit for me where, and to be fair, maybe this is just kind of more for my play style. Like the thing I realized very quickly is anytime you would need to fight a BT, the game is going to give you all of the weapons you need to do that. So, Oh yeah, you can just scream for them and the weapons will come from the sea as well. Yeah. And like, so my takeaway, yeah. my takeaway from that was, oh, I'm never going to bring too many of these grenades or blood bags because I'm fine without them for now. Um, so like the, you know, there's decision making and stuff like that, but uh, I I was starting to get get to the point where I'm like, okay, I feel like I need a little bit more wiggle room, and I know chapter three is where a lot of stuff starts to open up, and also you start to get the ability to like kind of make more decisions in terms of like whether or not you want to take vehicles and what you want to manif- yeah. manufacture and all that stuff. So I'm excited to get to that part of it. That being said, just like chapters one through two, I were like six hours, and I'm like. You know, these were a few frustrations I had, but I, I, the general consensus for the um, playing through this game I've heard from a lot of people is get to chapter, th- like just mainline your way until you get to chapter three as fast as possible so that you can get access to that stuff. And I'd have to agree to that, um, even though the game tells you before you activate chapter three, you get a call from fucking mama who's like, hey you should go wrap up any loose ends you have, which I'm like, this is the biggest lie in the world. <laughs> so, <laughs> Also, I'll say, though, you know, um, the game can be frustrating at times, so I do feel like the frustration from this game is intentional. The moments yeah. that you're frustrated, yeah. you are supposed to like feel, ah, oh, shit, ah, oh, fuck, what the fuck, all the time. Well, um, like, what I really like about, like, the environment being, you know, like, a little, like, stiff to travel around and, like, the uh, carrying capacity is it makes you like problem solve like in like it makes you problem solve a lot when you're like trying to like figure out how to get like something from point a to point b yeah Mm. Yeah. like for example um sorry i'm like minor chapter five spoilers fine fine but um you have to uh travel to um a place called mountain knot city and as the name implies, you kind of have to go up some mountains for it. And it's like at this point, it's not connected to the like the network, so you really have to like kind of ration out your items and figure out how to like get things best without like get to things best without using up too many of your resources at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I like when it is when it works like that. I really enjoy like the one thing that I've had like that so far that I really enjoyed was. The initial route I took to Portnot City, uh, where you, you it kind of is like this forking mountain pass or whatever, where there's like a few different routes you can go down, uh, led to this like kind of high up mountain way, and it was tricky getting down, and especially tricky because I couldn't pack along a climbing anchor with the rest of the loadout I had. So I was like, well, fuck. So I tried making my way down only to fall and my cargo got wrecked and I had to like reload a checkpoint or whatever. So then when I reloaded the checkpoint, I'm like, well, I'm going to take this other route, which will mean I have to spend way more time in the time fall and in BT territory. But then when I get out of that, 
I have a way more gradual and way easier time climbing down this mountain and getting to the actual city. And I was like, that's the trade-off I want to go for. So, like, stuff like that, yeah, is, like, definitely great. I think my thing is I keep trying to go... I keep trying to test the limits of the edges of different areas when the game really, at least for now, really just wants you to go down through the main alleys and corridors that it wants you to go through, and it wants you to experiment within those routes, and I think I keep trying to make my own routes in ways that the game is definitely trying to push me against, but I keep trying to test its limits and seeing if it'll give, and it gives just enough that I'm like, hell yeah, and I keep doing it. But then, like, nine times out of ten, it's like, okay, no, you can't get away with... We're not going to let you get away with this. But it, it it keeps rewarding me enough that I keep wanting to try. Um, and also, too, like... um, and I, I, think I'll, I think I'll save this talking point for another thing, but is there any, anyone else have any, like, impressions or anything on this topic? Uh, I mean, like, usually, like, my... Like, if, like, my, like, carry-on, like permits it i like to get like confrontational like with like the mules and like bts because it provides more reward when you like go in and engage in that stuff like um if you go into like a mule camp you get a shit ton of lost cargo and you can like steal yeah. one of their you can steal one of their trucks to like yeah stealing that load. truck was like key for me honestly um and like going in and like killing like the big bt when you get like grabbed um, leads to you getting, like, a, a ton of Kyrelium, which is very good when you're trying to build, like, highways and stuff. Mm-hmm. Plus, it's just a little bit more engaging. I have fun doing it. Yeah, I, I've yeah. not... I haven't swung a single punch my entire playthrough yet. Hmm. So, I like, honestly... I got the, the gun that, like, shoots them, and I was like, yeah, let's do it now. I haven't done any punching, but like, your strand is too good. Yeah, the strand. Very good. (laughs) The strand is killer. Like, mm. like the the only reason you can like die while fighting a mule is if there's just a lot of them. Yeah. Like if you have your strand out, like oh, you just hold L, and if you keep pressing R, you'll win eventually. Yeah, like you're holding up like the red capote. Like, come on, come on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm curious. Will the mule straight up kill you? No. Um, I don't think the mules will kill you, but you get to a point in the game where there are um like human NPCs that will shoot real guns at you and okay. actually kill you. I, I like that because one bit of world building and like there's a lot I think we can talk about this game story world building wise. One thing I thought was really interesting was you do get an email or like not an email, but one of those interviews you can look at in the data section. I haven't read them like for a while now. Oh, yeah. th- There's one about mules, which like, I mean, it, it's the oh, one yeah. it's the one after it goes into like why they exist. But it's talking about like you know like you may just look at the mules and obviously be like yep these guys are nuts and i'm not gonna go near them but uh i mean the thing you need to realize about the mules is that they're people too and a lot of a lot of mules they're not actually full-time mules they're like regular porters that do this as a side thing because they want Mm -hmm. to do more and also like fragile will sometimes hire them as actual proper porters too because they can be relied on to get the job done. Like it was just just this very humanizing moment where it's like 
I mean, yeah, these people are just a little gung-ho about carrying packages, but, like, they're not evil, you know what I mean? Like... Yeah, yeah. The, the, the real evil ones in this game are the terrorists. Yeah. <laughs> Those guys are assholes. Which, um, I'm assuming th those are, like, the Higgs people, right? Yeah, the Higgs people. Yeah. Okay. Those are the guys that shoot guns at you. I'm curious to see more what their deal is, because, uh, the, the interaction with Higgs I've had so far, which is at the end of Chapter 2, there's a... Well, actually, that, that was honestly a very good moment, is I left the fucking thing, and then suddenly everything is ink and Higgs starts teleporting all over the place and there's a boss fight and I was like I was not anticipating this at all um and also I hadn't yet done that uh there's that optional quest where it's like hey go kill a BT yeah. and like it teaches you how to use the grenades and all that and I had crafted the grenades but I never got around to doing that quest yet yeah. so Suddenly, I'm in the middle of a BT fight, and I don't know how to fucking fight these things or use the grenades, and I'm looking at the tool things to, like, tell me what the fuck to do. It was a very good moment. Mm. This game is great at throwing you in. I mean, MGS5 was really good at this, too, but, like, this game will just throw shit at you and put you in the middle of a situation and be like, okay, figure it out, and it's it, it's very good at that. Like the quiet mission in MGS5. Man, honestly, <laughs> like, I, I, I actually wiped to, like, a BT, and I just like totally forgot about the piss bombs. Piss bombs. <laughs> the piss bombs are very I, good. I haven't tried them yet. I keep forgetting about it them. Ma it makes the it makes your blood bombs do more damage. So oh. for people who don't know much about the stranding, <laughs> oh um, yeah, there's so, a lot of context that's needed. Um, the main character, Sam, is, um, something they call in-universe, like, a repatriate, meaning, like, he's able to, like, come back to life from, like, this thing called the beach where the BTs come from. He's got purgatory and pee. Because, uh, because of that, his bodily fluids are, like, a repellent for BTs. So, you craft grenades made from like your fucking bath water your piss <laughs> and and fucking uh you get a call from hartman who says hey you've been eating enough crypto biotes i'm gonna make some grenades and we're gonna call them number two grenades because they're made yeah. out of your poop i haven't tried out the number two grenades yet but <laughs> man mm. I feel that's like, like the most metal gear the game got uh... yeah like kojima was looking at that and like thinking yeah i'm a fucking genius bro like shit grenades mm. i feel like another unintentionally extremely metal gear thing is that you're just like future like high-tech canteen that automatically purifies like rainwater and lake water it's the like it, the funny thing when, is when you drink the monster. Sometimes he says nectar from the gods or something. Oh, <laughs> oh yes. god! So in you, you have um like a private room where you can like take your like bathroom breaks and stuff, and like to your like side there's like a table with monster energy cans, and it's like one of the most detailed models they have at the game. Yeah, you absolutely rip the can, it's insane. It's yeah. really high fidelity, like, everything's the- you can look at the bo like- Nutritional um, facts. Yeah. Yeah. It's wild. That's yeah, the thing I noticed too, I was like, oh my god. Yeah, oh my god. This game. This game. Uh, 
I'd say, I think my favorite thing about, like, this game is it's really good at, like, pacing how, like, they introduce their mechanics. Yeah. To, like, yeah. Yeah, that's good. I've, I've definitely noticed that. It's it's really good. Yeah. And it, like, hey, it has constant rewards for you, like, when you go out and do, like, um side quests and, like, stuff like that and make, like, deliveries to, like, one-off shelters. Or even teasing out things. Like, there's that one part towards the end of Chapter 2 where you can repair and, like, put power back into a bike that's, like, near one of the distribution yeah. centers. But yeah. you don't you don't have any way to retrieve it or don't have any way to make more, so you get a taste yeah. of what having a bike is like. But then you, you have to go, like, you have to also realize it's temporary for now, and you'll be able to experience it more later. And, like, it, it's paced very good in that way. And, yeah, so and right yeah. now, like, I can't build any trucks, so I can steal trucks from the mules, and I can use yeah. them. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really cool how the game... Because, like, Metal Gear Solid Five like, had a bunch of stuff for you to play around, but honestly, like, you didn't need any of it. Every Like, the, the game's difficulty is, I think, at a place where everything is so stacked against you that anything you can use to your advantage is such a godsend that, like, you want to explore all those different possibilities in ways that are really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd say, like, the only item I don't, like, use regularly that I've gotten, like, that I've unlocked so far, like, the smoke grenades and stuff. Oh, do, yeah. do, you, mean, do you mean the smoke cargo things, or is that, like, no, a separate... No, this is more, this that... is more grenades. Oh, okay. A, I, yeah. I don't think I've gotten or used those. I've okay, used... yeah, I haven't used the decoy cargo either. Oh, dude. Try the decoy this... cargo and, like, pretty chill. The, the only issue I have with the decoy cargo is I wish you could throw it. Um, yeah. You can if you put it in your hands. Oh, I see. See, I, I was trying to figure out how you do that. It was only letting me put it down. No, you hold you hold the um your hand button and you press square to throw like a piece of cargo. Oh, okay. I'm gonna try doing that then, because what I did is I put it near, yeah. next to like a mule pole thing and had it ping, and then like they all just fucked off over and tried to figure out what that was while I made a break for it. So mm. now, to be fair, um, I think at least from like the last match I did, that is explicitly where they introduced like, hey, you can hold things in your hand. So, um. I think that's like not knowing that is fine. Yeah. Now, one of my favorite one of my favorite combos when I'm like doing like fights and stuff is to just like beat up one of the mules, grab like the cargo they were holding while it's falling down, and like t- toss it at someone else and like knock them out. <laughs> I I really should get into fights with mules more because I just I want to explore this game's combat system for what it is and it's not much. Yeah. Yeah, it's no CQC by far. <laughs> It opens up a little bit after chapter four. I mean, but like going into camp, beating everyone up, and stealing their fucking trucks and shit sounds like a lot of fun. I want to try that. It is. It is fun. Also, I just want to hit someone with a briefcase. Don't get to do that a lot in games. Because it's like you make like a mad dash to grab all like the last cargo you can and get in the truck before everyone wakes back up. Yeah. What happens if you throw the piss grenades at mules? Do they do anything or just get mad? They probably just get pissed. I haven't tried it because they say it only <laughs> literally works on get, They literally get pissed. Ha-ha. Hey. Yeah. You just got pranked. <laughs> I threw my piss at you. Norman Reedus. If you hit the touchpad, Norman Reedus says it's just a social experiment, bro. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um. How are y'all feeling about the story so far? 
Okay, the story... Mm, a little on the nose? A little on the nose. <laughs> the dialogue is absolute trash. It's so bad. I can't like, really call it that. Mm, mm, like, within, like, the first hour, you get fragile going, like, I'm fragile with, like, her name tattooed all over her suit. Like a JoJo character. And then, like... You get, what, like, you, you get to what? Fifteen minutes later, you get introduced to Dead Man, who introduces himself as, "Yeah, they call me Dead Man. I'm familiar with the dead." <laughs> no <laughs> shit. Because he used to be a mortician or whatever. Yeah, it's so. God. Dude, I can't believe like a game came out that makes the name Cloud Strife seem subtle. I was <laughs> yeah, like literally. Every single character is named after whatever their role is. I want to know the uh, the reason for Die Hard Man. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that has a dumb reason. Yeah, because it's like they have um they've explained like the reason for like everyone else's names except for that dude. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh. Can we oh, can we talk about how? Um, minor early spoilers, but like, um, there's Bridget Strand, and then her son Samuel Strand, and then when Amelie takes over the presidency, she also wants to be Sam Strand. There are two Sam Strands now. <laughs> That's a problem. Samantha so now, American Strand. Samantha America Strand. Not American, it's America. You know. <sighs> it's, um,. I, I just love the line where like Sam's like, so, like they're telling Sam it's like you need to reconnect America. He's like, no, I'm no. <laughs> I'm the Sam Porter Bridges now. I'm not a strand anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think one of the worst things Kojima ever did was like fall in love with prestige TV. Because, like, yeah. at least with Metal Gear, like, <laughs> Metal Gear's writing is the most uneven and consistent thing, but at least it's almost always having fun. Uh-huh. And, like, yeah. I feel like there's a level of self-awareness where there that, like, he slowly starts to lose with each game, and, like, mm-hmm. I wish it was a little bit more present here. <laughs> like, there are times where you could see, like, okay, he knows this is a little goofy, but, like, he never leans into it enough, and, like, overall, yeah, yeah like, not... Not the best story, but like I'm really digging the world building, and I think a I lo- think the world is cool. Yeah, no, I yeah, like the world is interesting. Like honestly, it's pretty fucking creative. It brings fucking time in this world. That's though. Yeah, I love I love how they like slowly like trickle in like details about how like the world works for the like emails and like certain cut or like the interviews and like certain cutscenes. Yeah, and like yeah. all the background stuff is great, and I I even think that. A lot of a lot of the like bigger themes this is getting at through a lot of that world building is good, but then as soon as it starts to like be presented in the story, it's the most like yeah. high school essay, and it's like what what are you doing with this dialogue, dude? Um, yeah. Like I mean, you literally have Amelie giving you three different definitions of strand, and like yeah. I literally like it literally felt like after she said that she wanted to say like in this essay i will or like webster's dictionary defines like it's so goofy i I will say my favorite thing though is you notice how like all like the people that show up on like the holograms look like 40 year old like dudes yeah 
Yeah. Those motherfuckers in the emails use emojis like old people do. <laughs> no, okay. Yeah. But like even there's some really cool things with that where um you one of the dudes from the distribution center is brothers with the is is siblings with the dude who you um like who you work with in the prologue who dies. And he looks way older than the guy who was in the prologue. And he mentions in an email, oh, yeah, I mean, we're pretty close in age, but because of our different occupations, I had to be out in the rain more. So oh, I yeah. I look decades older than my brother. That sucks. And it's like, man, that's cool. Um, or even, like, you get emails from Hartman talking about, like, ancient Chinese, uh, like, imperial burial grounds and the pyramids and shit. And how, if you think about so much of early civilization and society their things that we view as accomplishments were things that were dictated by people who were scared, like terrified of the idea that after they died they would be forgotten and like we now celebrate these things as like these wonderful achievements of early civilization and like human accomplishment and it was all because of the fear of death and like there's all these different ideas going on and then you get to the game and sam's like America's done. We don't need this no more. And Die Hard Man's like, you're gonna do it. And he goes, I okay. Like, <laughs> I don't the actual directing here because he probably wanted to hang out with his Hollywood friends. But like, oh, yeah. I know Norman Reedus is great. It's a great actor. I know the guy that does Russell is great too. But they're so bland in this game. Troy Baker has a lot of fucking fun though. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Troy Baker has yeah. a ton of fun with his role. Yeah. But I feel like those two, like, and I know they're great actors. I want to assume it's up to the, the direction, the directing on, on the game. And yeah, that, that, that's been kind of a disappointing. It fact. feels like he wants this to be an HBO miniseries so bad. With how oh, all yeah. of the scenes are constructed, it's so I mean, weird. That was the same with Metal Gear Five. Yeah, it, yeah. it is. It it, yeah. it definitely has those vibes. Also, did y'all? I don't know what Kojima's deal has been since MGS Five. With like, this man really likes the word "game over." Yes. Yeah. Like, like, like from the MGS Five references to it to the fact that Deadman says "game over" and then the Metal Gear Solid "game over" screen is in the background, and then when you meet Higgs, he's like, "You seem like someone who's been looking for a game over," and it's like, "What the yeah. fuck are you doing?" Yeah. Like. Mm. Little... I just, I just love the line where he's talking to like his mom. He's like, Bridget. You're the president of Jack shit. Okay, yeah. No, that line is legitimately. That line is good. That line yeah. is good. That line was good enough that they used it for that trailer. Yeah. yeah. President Jack. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like. Oh my god. Like I think my like my thing about this game is that there's like so much going on. Like you can clearly tell that like Kojima does not have either an editor at all or a very lax editor. Yeah. There's just I mean, so much. what the fuck are you gonna tell him, you know? Like, it's the, that dude's getting infinite money to make his dream project. Oh, like. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And like, if anything, I'm happy it exists so that he's proving within the AAA space that games like this can be successful and, like, find an audience, which overall in the long term will be better for, like, creating a more diverse, big-budget game space. Because I 
Yeah. It kind of reminds me when like Bioshock Infinite came out and it was like, oh. I mean, Bioshock Infinite is fucking garbage, but like it was trying to be different from like a AAA game, and that's why people loved it. And like, hey, look, it's like you can be experimental with like AAA games as well, and people will fucking buy it as long as it looks cool. So. Yeah, like, and this game, like, I mean, I've been obviously playing this game, and, like, this game is, like, really cool from, like, a design standpoint, just because, like, the main mechanic is just hiking, like, yeah, yeah. The, com- the combat is, like, not great, and honestly, like, if you told someone, like, hey, this is a hiking game, like, they'll probably write it off as boring which rightfully so honestly like sometimes it does like is kind of like okay you're just walking through the field it is an excellent it's... podcasting game if if you're one yeah, of the people I, that like so I, I kind of disagree there though because what people I talk about this game i want to be bored play because there's moments where like being bored to the mood that this game's going for and i think i love that Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, like that. It reminds me of going for a walk in the woods while having my earpods in, looking, looking to listening to fucking random ass podcasts. Are you shit. talking like a grandpa right now? I don't know. I mean, but also, I mean, like this game could be hella Yo, stressful Matt, at times play, too. Do you fall asleep? Oh no! <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm like, I'm like, I'm okay. Kidding. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been amazing. <laughs> yeah, there are times where this game can be like hella stressful though. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. yeah. Like, dude, on my first delivery, like I thought, yo, I can use like the private lock. I probably can use my private locker everywhere. I'm just gonna leave all my package <laughs> in this one and pick Red it up like elsewhere. And like I had to then go back all the way there and go back, <laughs> and I realized I f- forgot one more package in there. So I have to go all the way back and then <laughs> chapter two and like. That was like stressful as fuck. Oh, that reminds me. I love how this game handles the fast, uh, the fast travel when you get to it, where you can go, but a lot of the shit you want to bring can't go with you. No, you yeah. can't bring any cargo with you. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, that's great. Because yeah. because it's like, well, it gives you incentive to stick around an area and do shit, but like, as soon as it's like, oh, I have to, you can't cheese it and make deliveries easier. <sighs> I didn't know that. That's really smart. Yeah. Well, because my thing is, like, if you just have, like, indiscriminate, like, regular game fast travel, you just cut out, like, the main mechanic. Yeah, exactly. It's like, (laughs) then there's no game. Yeah. Yeah. It, um, this game made me, because one thing that you see a lot in, like, more, like, scholarly game discussion and all that is how much video game systems have improved and innovated like throughout the years but all for the benefit of simulating combat Mm -hmm. and this game is trying to simulate like traversal and like logistics management and all all these other things uh and avoiding ghosts oddly enough um (laughs) but it's made me because I, I feel like towards the, like, especially, like, I don't know. I, I feel like there's kind of been this discussion going on, like, do we really need next-gen console sort of thing? And I feel like this is the first game where I'm starting to see, like, I can see where better hardware can start to deliver 
better experiences for this type of game. Like the one thing that keeps catching my eye is, um, and I guess part of this is just one thing that I've seen a lot from other games, like Devil May Cry 5, one of the big things that the developers were proud of of that game was when you play that game, all of the character models, none of the clothes are clipping through each other. They finally got it so that their swords don't go through their jackets and capes and shit. Yeah. And like it looks yeah. cool. And like that's this that's the case for this game too. Like all of the models and their own animations are great. How they interact with the world can still feel a little off at times. And I feel like that's kind of the sort of like fidelity and um the sort of like simulation you're going to start to get with like better hardware where people are looking at, at not only, okay, how do we make this character going up a rock cool, but like, how do we make it blend in with the world and the actual environment to like an even more like detailed level? Um, yeah, because um, you said something along the lines of like this earlier, but I think like in a game like this, you shouldn't be able to Skyrim your way up a fucking mountain. <laughs> Yeah, like, yeah. and that's yeah. that's the thing that, like, has been, it's been weird because if it was any other game, I probably wouldn't even think to bring this up because it's not the focus of the game, but, like, when I'm going 90 degrees up, like, a weird rock surface on a bicycle in a game that's all about traversal, it feels weird, and it's like, I don't know how to feel about this. And I, I wish some of those lines were made a little more clear to me. But like you said, like, like a lot of like, yeah, a lot of the time, I mean, it doesn't work perfectly in this games, but like in this game, but a lot of the times you try to like pull bullshit like that, you get punished for it pretty heavily. Yeah. yeah. And like, th there's been a few times too, where it's like, I climbed up a rock and it, like, it's just a little goofy thing where, like, I climb up a rock and Norman Reedus is standing still for a split second, then suddenly he tumbles the fuck over. And, like, it was like, okay, it's... I I get why that happened, because this rock looks like it would be weird, but just, like, the way it's portrayed to the player makes it feel like something went wrong with the game more than, like, I made a bad climbing... You know what I mean? Like, yeah, some things could maybe be illustrated a little better, but, like... Even then, if you stick to the main path, a lot of these problems aren't even going to show up to you. This is me trying to really test the limits of where you can go here. Yeah, I'd say like another good example of like that kind of thing in like a video game is like Breath of the Wild, where it's just like I'll climb until my stamina runs out, and then like find like a like a small like dent in like a rock that I could stand on while it like yeah when i'm crossing like a bs river i need to find the rock i can stand on to like get my energy can i say i've actually been really impressed with that specific situation and how this game handles it with how breath of the wild is actually a perfect example because in that game you have you're in climbing mode or you're not in climbing mode and when you're in climbing mode and you're moving, your bar goes down. And when you start to lunge in climbing mode, the bar goes really down. It is a very segmented, like, you have a few different states that you become familiar with. In Death Stranding, you can be in situations where you're climbing you're climbing horizontally across a very steep cliff and your stamina bar starts to go down like a motherfucker. And then you yeah. get to, like, a you get to yeah. like a, a uneven surface that you can kind of rest on and recover your shit. But like, there are so many different States depending on how the terrain is, like how rocky it is, how steep it is. And like, 
And your cargo weight too. And your cargo weight, and how, not not even your cargo weight, how your weight is distributed across your body. This like motherfucker has me balancing out where I equip shit like it's armored core. It's ridiculous. Like, <laughs> I I am very impressed with how much they've managed to simulate in that regard too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I've, I mean, like this is a really small thing that's probably like most people take for granted but i appreciate like how all like every single surface of the game in terms of like the ground and every single rock it has mm. collision and is simulated as such like yeah no you guys should get excited for when you get introduced to snow oh boy yeah. i can't wait i'm so scared it is... of fucking snow it's great too because it also counts as time fall Extremely cursed. Oh no! That's so smart. I'm also I'm also a really big fan of this being the only game in existence, other than like I don't fucking probably like Goat Simulator or some shit, where it's like, oh, I can walk over this tiny pebble and not stub my toe and trip. Nope, I just ate shit. All my cargo's in the river now. Yeah, my dead now. You really have to look at where you're going. I also really like the kind of like risk and reward decisions you make when you get like introduced to like um like your body upgrades like the exoskeletons and um armor plates for your arms for the um aforementioned bullets that people shoot at you in the future. <laughs> and when you like have those equipped, you can equip shit to like your legs or your arms, so you have to like distribute it all through your back and you yeah. have to so then it becomes like you have to position what do you want in like your actual backpack and what do you want to like carry on top of that shit. Yeah, there's or a like, really good like game play system of resources and economy that you had to micromanage alongside like all of the other terrain based environmental challenge yeah. of how do I get over the cliff and they all sort of just merges together really well and honestly like the like the only real parts i would say that don't quite cut it for me are when like there's combat situations but just because like um it i mean obviously kind of clunky to be fighting with like a giant eight foot tower on your back yeah Um, but um uh, another, like, another thing I really like is, like, after you get, like, the shit all over your body, they introduce, like, um, like, these, like, small, like, floating cargo car- carriers that you can have, but the problem with yeah. those mm-hmm. is you can't bring them with you on, like, steep inclines. If you try to do it, they'll snap and, like, fall off a mountain or some shit. Yeah, yeah. So you have to, like, get good at positioning your ladders or, like, take, like, the, um, climbing anchor really slow going mm-hmm. down it. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. I like that. the The only thing, and like, I haven't spent a lot of time in that central region yet. So, well, okay, th- there's something I will talk about here. I thought it was a little funny how they depict American topography and geology <laughs> in the first region. Um, I mean, maybe Appalachia looks more like that than I'm giving it credit for, but I thought it was it was I mean... a, a little. A little tumultuous for what American landscape usually looks like. 
I mean, it's all pretty fucked, so... See, yeah. and, and, and what I've kind of been wondering is, like, okay, you have to take into account the Void-Out situation, and also, like, I don't know if Timefall is, like, fucking with tectonic plates and erosion and shit. That's true! Huh. Have we described what Void-Out's and Timefall are in this time. podcast? Yeah, so, in the, yeah, so, so, so one fucking dies in this game, it creates a crater in the, in the Earth. And like well, it's not... permanently affected to rain. Well, that's, that's part. That's partially true. Technically, like it's not that the person dies. If a person dies, they become a BT, which is ghost monster. And if a BT eats a human being, alive or dead, I believe, then it creates a void out. So the way yeah. I the way I looked this up because I had some questions about the prologue with regards to this. Apparently what it is, is that when they complete the necrosis process or whatever, and they, like, the BT comes out of the, like, dead body, that is a void out, or it's when they eat a live person. So, like, it's either or. Okay. okay. Um, but, like, there's, like, a little, like, I th this is, like, the most, like, in-the-weeds bullshit, but I think it's a very emblematic moment to describe the the fucked situation humanity finds themselves in in this game there's a point where <clears throat> and it's actually a point that was shown in one of the one of the e3 trailers that i think captured a lot of people's imaginations just with how evocative it is but there's a point where you have to do a corpse disposal on a corpse that's going through the necrosis process and like it's a person who has been dead from suicide for a while and like they don't exactly know how long but they have to get the person to an incinerator because that's what they do when you die in this universe. You they burn yeah. the body, so the void out doesn't happen. Um, so they're taking this person through BT territory because the BT is kind of like Roman clusters. It seems like mostly, um, and it shit goes south. They attack the truck, and. There's a point like one of the guys is pinned down by the truck and gets ripped out and starts to get dragged away by BTs. And his friend shoots him and he's like, sorry, but I gotta. And then he tries to shoot himself, but there's no bullets left. And he stabs himself to death while he's being lifted up into the air. And my thought was, okay, that's dumb because they're still gonna cause a void out because like they're still dying or whatever. Like that. Like, because, like, the the way from the E3 trailer, like, a lot of people reacted to it is, like, oh, like, being caught by a BT is so horrific that you don't, like, you, you would rather kill yourself than go through whatever they put you through. When in actuality, it's, oh, no, like, being caught by them will cause a horrific explosion um, that will, like, create a giant-ass crater in the world or whatever and is going to blow up the city we're next to. But the thing about that moment that I think is so like dreadful and horrifying to think about is that those like that character knows by killing his friend and then killing himself that like their bodies could still go but what he's doing is he's giving <laughs> like another yeah. backup team a few days to recover the body and make sure that doesn't happen like it's just the most like oh god this world is so fucked like a hopeless situation ever um, and of course, Sam gets fucking eaten, and then the <laughs> void out happens anyways. But yeah, huh. it's yeah. 
it's uh it's it's dreary but yeah i don't know i'm i'm digging a lot, <clears throat> a lot of that world building stuff the gameplay is really fun so far i'm uh, mm. i'm curious to see how it lasts uh for me over like a long amount of time i think i'm gonna yeah. i think overall i'm gonna be pretty positive on it because i feel like this takes a lot of a lot of like the systemic and like emergent gameplay stuff i loved about mgs5 but takes it in like a really interesting not yeah. combat or like not combat yeah. oriented direction honestly like, the game is unique enough uh oh I, I i even if like i don't know if it takes me like 80 hours or like 100 hours or 80 hours or whatever like I, i'll still have fun with it just because like yeah also, Death Stranding doesn't make you fucking collect animals like MGS5 does. <laughs> I mean, when's the animal delivery? Dude, if the legendary bear showed up in this game, I'd be fucked. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Yeah. Are there even any other animals besides, like, the cryptobiotes? I don't think so. Uh, there's the dead fish when you There's dead fish and crabs yeah, everywhere. Like, I think the, oh, yeah, I think the right. implication is that a lot of them died out. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, that seems about well, right. Oh, and honestly, too, like there, there's another email. Like this just has me thinking or whatever. Where um, there's um, there's an email. I think it's also from Hartman, where he's talking about uh, general like scholarly discourse around the concept of the beach and what types of creatures get BTS. Because uh -huh. because they notice like oh animals don't get BTS like there's no risk of void out when like a chicken dies it's uh -huh. only humans and like there is a whole discussion that's like if we created an AI that was self aware enough and human like in nature when it got deleted would it have a beached thing or anything like and like it's this whole discussion of like the nature of death and being able to conceive your own death and this idea that can you really die if you weren't really born in the first place it's there's a yeah. lot in there i also like um in the emails and like interviews and stuff when they like start bringing up stuff about like the united states of america as opposed to the united cities of america yeah like the past and shit like they name drop it's like the first void out was in manhattan or some shit like that. I thought that was really cool. Oh, th this is what I wanted to talk about, and then I got completely sidetracked. So, I, I mean, I need to explore the central region more, but the one thing I kept thinking, because I was going through that, that eastern region, and I'm thinking, like, okay, so this is their take on, like, the Appalachian Mountains and, like, that, that entire region, and it's a little goofy, but whatever, I can live with it. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking, what the fuck are they gonna do when they get to the Midwest? Because that is flat as fuck, and, like, I was thinking... Hey, they got a farm, bro! Yeah, like... <laughs> so... So... When I get to the Central Region, and they're like, oh, there's been, like... This is where, like, a, a bunch of the epicenter of the Void Out stuff was. And it's all a bunch of craters, and also the two cities that used to be here are also now completely destroyed. And, like... For different reasons, though. For different, for different reasons. Like, they managed to make, like, the most, like, quote-unquote boring part of the United States more interesting through the catastrophe, and I think that was a really good idea. I, I mean, Bro, I, need, I need to spend more time in there. Who the fuck are you calling the Midwest boring? I, someone from the Midwest, dude, so... <laughs> <laughs> the Great Plains do not make a good hiking game. I do find fun. How like you walk three kilometers and you went to like half of the United States? It's very funny. 
I just like yeah no I just like uh, going to like the, there's like um, a settlement called like the Timefall Farms there and I'm just like yeah this is like anywhere in Illinois besides Chicago. <laughs> Well, even too, I like, like, they even talk about how all those craters, like, there's a giant lake in the center of America now. Yeah. Like, that's so cool. It's a good word. That they call it, yeah, it's like the Ground Zero Lake. Yeah, it's such a cool world building thing. I cannot wait to see. I like how see... they have giant, like, fucking ships that they could just, like, use. Yeah. I cannot wait to see what the West Coast looks like because I bet it's, like, just a hellscape. Oh, oh boy. rip California. Honestly. Fang, are you going to become one of them? They're homo demons. Well, I get some. <laughs> oh my god. They have, like, something kind of like that in, like, that central area, like, around, like, the southern parts of, like, like Central America, where it's just, like, it looks kind of, I don't think it is volcanic ash, but it looks a lot like the, um, like, the place has just been, like, it's like all red and shit, all like red and like black ground and stuff. It's cool. <laughs> yeah, all... well. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm I'm being called to my beach. Damn. This this is where my story ends. Oh no. Some boy out, man. Um, I no. mean maybe. I I don't know if I'm a repatriate. I'm I may appear again one day. Okay. I'll take you to the incinerator, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm excited to see where this game goes. It's, yeah, it's different. Even if like, the story doesn't yeah. satisfy me, I'm happy with like the core gameplay. Oh yeah, yeah same, absolutely. Same. Like the like mm, the story. I like. I like the setting. I like the world. Yeah. Kojima yeah. Kojima is good at world building. I just don't. Mm. This, <laughs> this this main plot is just. <laughs> But um, yeah, no, the gameplay itself is good. Like people may say, like it's kind of boring and bad, but it's no, it's good. There's, <laughs> there's a lot of they're like I'm like even if I'm bored, I'm engaged. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like no, that that's like the thing is like this is the perfect game for me to play after work for a couple hours just to unwind and be like. I'm gonna just walk and do some deliveries, dodge some ghosts and mules and shit, and just have a good one. Exactly. Uh, that, that's what that's what I did after coming home. Instead of playing Pokemon, like I said, like, <laughs> it's yeah. good for that. <laughs> like um, a good, like yeah, a good, I, like a good child. Mm-hmm. Don't but play yeah, Pokemon. Um, I gotta dip from here, but it's been great, guys. Have a good Goodbye, one, Matthew. Take care, y'all. Bye. 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 Now, I will say that, like. Like the story is just written bad, um, but I will say that um, sometimes there's some good, interesting bits of like things like um, commentary on things like drone deliveries and stuff like that, and how uh-huh. people's jobs are being phased out by machines. Which hey, that happens. Like it's yeah, not, it's not the immigrants' fault. It's machines and kind of kind of bad but um with that being said though like um i am concerned that this game will is trying to say way too much without saying anything at all because i mean like the phrase like let's like 
make America whole again and reconnecting. Like, I I don't know what this, what, what is it supposed to mean in, like, the context uh, of, like, everything else. I you, have to, I, I, you have to consider I, that we're also not very far into the game right now. We, yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I am slightly optimistic, and at least, like, I was really worried that the game was going to be very straight-laced, like, Norman Reedus learns to love his country and reconnect everyone, and I think <laughs> from the point we're at, at least, I don't think the game's going that route, and the thing, yeah, that, yeah. the thing that makes me have hope is that every time you come or every time you recycle material, you get the most propaganda-ass picture of the president yeah. thanking you for recycling. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, Ko- yeah. like Kojima knows, like this is bullshit. Like, it's yeah. like I, I think one of my like favorite parts about that too is like Die Hardman, like when um Rigid dies in like the first chapter of the game, Die Hardman's like. Nobody can know that this happened. <laughs> like it, yeah. it, it is the most foundational lie for the sake of lying. Yeah, it, it is. Yeah, the game knows yeah. that the UCA is up to some shit, and I'm curious to see where it goes with that. And I feel like, yeah. I feel like the I... obvious way to go with it is like, oh, America's special because of the people within it, not because of the actual like government uh, holding it together type thing. I'm not gonna like get into this like actually into this because like spoilers and stuff but you're kind of like getting putting yourself on the right track resin yeah i i figure i mean mm-hmm. to be like that's the way to go with that story you know what i mean like, yeah. yeah yeah that's true that's true um i definitely i'm not that far i'm just, i mean again chapter three so like who knows and but, it's um, it's so fucking bizarre to me too because as much as this game this game is a commentary on a lot of the things that are uh that are like the ways in which we bring ourselves together through stuff like social media but also tear ourselves apart through like difference like i mean even like fang said like talking about like oh hey the the automation of a bunch of different like service jobs and all that have like caused like strife and stuff like that um and, and even like and also like stuff like miscommunication like you know like doctored news and shit like that yeah, yeah well there there was even the um there's like an email or something that's titled or like an interview titled something like uh humanity's problem was no longer sh- uh shortages but logistics and it's talking uh-huh. about how like the world prior to the void outs was like basically like a post scarcity thing where like Mm-hmm. nobody was like if someone was missing out on something it's because the way that it, it wasn't a f- like no one was lacking for resources anymore like we had all that covered because of advances in technology but the way that yeah. humanity and like governments and bureaucracies decided to distribute what was being created is what led to shortages and like that's a very interesting idea to talk about like even even in a world where like we have everything ideally in front of us and like we don't have to fight over things like oil or food or water and like mm-hmm. people are still going to be shitty with how they decide to you know who gets what and that sort of thing um yeah yeah but also yeah. like it's weird because <laughs> within the context of the game the primary reason that there's that there's uh <laughs> 
the primary reason there's division is because there was an apocalypse and a bunch of people had this idea to go west and like this really awkward plan to like live alone until a second crew could come through to reconnect them and like that living side by side with all the world building stuff is it kind of makes for some muddy metaphor but overall i'm still digging it so far i mean yeah. it, I, I guess it kind of makes like sense in that case because um like the first like the first crew was building the infrastructure while they were still like developing the technology to like get everything networked together yeah and they were expecting more than one person to take that trip (laughs) it's um i'm curious i really want kojima to sit down and give an interview about what his thoughts are on the internet and social media because like metal gear solid 2 <laughs> metal gear solid 2 yeah was yeah. the was the most like oh, all right y'all we about to enter the fucking age of information we need to talk about this like cautionary tale ever and this is the most like fuck yeah dude your baby pod gives you a like when you do like you know like yeah, yeah no i'm hoping i'm hoping it gets into like mgs2 territory by the end of the game because it would be really interesting to see like how his takes on like that have changed since mgs2 yeah or like if they've remained the same because like this overall it feels more positive so far at least within the game mechanics and how you interact with other players yeah the game yeah like liking in terms of like liking other people's structures and like building shit like that's good yeah. Our handcuffs, that's true. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> oh my god, I didn't even realize. Holy yeah. shit. That's the most Banksy ass thing in the world. Yeah, holy <laughs> shit. Because she was a hack, actually. Oh god. Yeah, on the likes, Fanji, you did the one where you have to like deliver like the girl to like her boyfriend, right? Yeah. They have a really cute. The real, there's the scene they yeah. play after that is really yeah, cute. Actually. Yeah, that that one's good. That one's good. I like that one. Give a thumbs up. Like yeah, like that. Um, nah, but I guess like I'm I'm just a little I'm just a little concerned that there's like just so much that like I I'd just be losing out because even like even like the interviews and mail and stuff like that like i've only like glanced here and there on it because there's so much text yeah I mean, and you get hammered I, with like kinda, every time I you do something you get there like, two. Were, like yeah, i went to like, i wish there were like the cassette tapes because this is like the perfect yeah. game for that i really wish they did do that right but usually i just wait till i like get to a distribution center that has like a like a like a break room and like read them there that's what i've been doing and uh yeah like yeah like even like i like how i said or whatever like yeah like i've been listening to podcasts a lot like while doing like the longer deliveries and stuff like that it would be kind of nice to be able to listen to those like mgs5 style Mm -hmm. while i'm like walking through like walking to my next like big thing or whatever it would be kind of nice to have that option yeah, it's just fucked up because in MGS5 I listened to a lot of the longer codec calls, like the longer like tapes while I was in the helicopter. Yeah, I I, like... I think I did that too. Now that I think, it. but also I just had an epiphany. Yeah, I 100% yeah. believe the reason they didn't do that is because most of the emails and interviews you get are from the people who are like actual ass actors. So I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna like. I think the reason why they do that is because they don't want you to 
cassette playing when like some music starts playing once you get to the city. Oh, that too. <laughs> oh, those moments, that, all right, huh? those moments are really good too. Those I love going. Cool. I love going to a new city and hearing like low roar playing in the background. <laughs> so I'm I'm super down with low roar, but I wish they varied it up a little bit more. <laughs> oh, I'm not gonna lie, most of the low roar sound the fucking same to me. Mm. Uh, yeah. There was the one time yeah. they played Asylums for the Feelings by uh, Silent Poets. Just the one time. It's uh. I'm sure it will get more varied as they go on, because Low Roar, I don't know how large their discography is, but I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they can keep it going for 60 hours worth the game. Yo, can't wait to, can't wait to see Shizu's, to hear Shizu's King when I get to see Play the Kanye West, like, Chick-fil-A song. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Oh, yeah. I hope that Church's song is in there somewhere. It probably is. Actually, I think I think they said in the YouTube description, I think that's the credit song. Mm. So, maybe it's that. No. I just like how I like looked at my music player and there were just like artists that like I like listened to like casually like just like there. I Cuz had like um like Major Laser and like like uh, I forget the name of like the other band but I, like i dig kojima's I, taste in music overall honestly between fgs5 yeah, and this i think he has good you know. good good picks overall yeah 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 um now of all that being said though like hey why y'all... do the highways why do they like wait sorry sorry about that but like how come like the under part of the highway looks like hell <laughs> Yeah, it do- it kind of does. Huh? Yeah, I don't like that. The what? But, like the the part like under the highway always like hell. What the fuck? Yeah, I don't think I've encountered this yet. Oh, the un- like the underpass like city. Yeah, no, no, like, like... Well, no, no, the under when you go like you know how when you're on the highways and stuff like that built by other yeah. players. Like if you look on the bottom of it, it's just like. Kyrelium stylag whites or something. Yeah. Oh, because they're made from Kyrelium. Well, yeah. <laughs> fuck off. Yeah. I don't think I've seen a highway yet. No, you haven't. Yeah. You gotta, yeah, you gotta, you gotta start connecting like the central region. Yeah. Can um, you build highways back in the first area once you go back? I don't know. I haven't been back. <laughs> I don't know. I I mean, I went back and I didn't see any. I I should deliver some more stuff to Jeff Keeley. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mm, I like the one NPC that I want to give special shoutouts to is Junji Ito because yeah. he's not he's not voiced by Junji Ito. He's voiced by someone with a slight southern twang, and it's weird. <laughs> Has anyone met Conan O'Brien yet? Nope. No, I haven't. No, I've I not. I'm not... Yeah, I don't. I've. I need to pee on his doorstep. Like that's the thing I have to do. God. Yeah, I guess I'm the only one that's met him so far. Yeah. Also, shouts to the chiral artist for just being voiced by her. I I think she's just voiced by her actor. Like there's a. Yeah, very... she is. Yeah, there's a very 
noticeable Japanese accents that is really jarring with how yeah. everyone else is dubbed with an American accent. Even with Junji Ito, like, it's weird. Mm -hmm. I was very happy to see because one of the things that I was, like, disappointed by in... Like, when we got all the promotion from the strandings, oh, where are all the Japanese actors, though? Because, come on, Koshima, bring some of, like, the local boys in. And I'm happy yeah. to see that he actually, like, brought some talent from over there. And it's mm, yeah. fucking weird how Shinji Ito and Sushito and Colonel Bryan are on the same game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of bizarre. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's a game... <laughs> this is a video game that not only has celebrities, but Jinji Ito and Conan O'Brien. Even, like, Dude, I feel like a microcosm of that with, like, all these, like, actors from other things and, like, Troy Baker as, like, part of the main cast, like, all in there with the same weight. It's like, God, this is, like, such a weird, rare occurrence, even with that degree. Yeah, like, this, this video game is, like, it's a culmination of, like multiple different weird things that yeah. kind of just crashed together from like i mean you got like kojima and like konami splitting off you got kojima's multiple connections he's made over the years you got i still don't know how he made that yeah i mean it's like at the same time it's like you know i think death stranding's kind of just like a piece on like culture and shit like that so i I feel like it makes sense in some regards that it's just kind of, like, that bizarre. Yeah. Because yeah. it's like that when I browse the TL on Twitter sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm... No, that's true. That's true. Yeah. I'm curious, and I know it's way too early to even be talking about what he's going to do next, but, like, I wonder if this is a world he wants to sit with, with for a while. I don't think so. Or I... Wasn't there that one interview it... where it's like, I yeah. want to movies yeah well, i'm pretty sure he also said he wanted to make a sequel to this game oh boy hmm. i you no, know I put it in europe fuck it <laughs> yeah i i do wonder what the fuck happened to the other countries in this world honestly huh? it really sounds like a lot of them got like well i mean they they dropped the line early like oh all of the major, like, old-world networks went down, and we lost communication of anyone not in North America. Uh-huh. So, it sounds like there's the possibility that they're out there, but also, like, they make it sound really grim whether or not anyone exists outside of America, so who knows? I mean, hey, that'd be pretty good commentary, to be fair, on isolation. Maybe America pissed off the rest of the world, and they're like, Eh, let these guys just suffer. <laughs> yeah, like, all the other countries are in, like, big gigantic network except for America. That'd be like, funny. It's like, they just look at all the shit that's happening over here. They're like, I don't want to deal with any of that. There, there was part of me that was wondering, like, what if it's only America that's like this? But then you get an email that's like, oh, there are void outs all over the world before we lost contact. See, so I think it'd be a lot cooler if America was the only country that experienced like this. Yeah. And everything else in the world is just fine. Yeah. <laughs> that would be, that would have been, made it a lot better. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, but um, uh, that being said, though, what are your guys's um 
most bullshit moments in this game. Like, <laughs> in terms of, like, just, I shouldn't have been able to do that. Because I feel like exploring this game, like, it gives you, like, so much leeway in terms of that, that I feel like I've avoided much more than I should have. Like I feel that, honestly, like, half the time I walk through, like, a a BT area, honestly, and, like, Mm -hmm. one starts to come up on me, and I just immediately start walking as much as I can while holding my breath, and, like, (laughs) they just lose interest. Because I think, like, the most, like, uh, the one moment I can recall from the game that is, like, the moment where I'm like, okay, I really like this game <laughs> is, like, the wind farm, where it's just the bullshit forest with, like, BTs. I don't, oh, like, yeah. I did like, I didn't want to deal with that. I got oh, yeah. shit on my back, like. I, ra- I ran my ass off while people just kept grabbing me. <laughs> yeah, and, like, See, that's, it's like, oh, that's I one it... of the areas I Skyrimmed my way through. I mean, yeah, I, like, I, like I made I made it one step out of like a tar pit and they just fucked off and then Die Hardman's like it's frustrating I know but it's not your fault it's it's the BT's fault it's the Death Stranding's fault <laughs> <laughs> okay that's good no like um was it because I went through there once and I got caught in, I actually got caught in like all of the trees and the foliage so like when i was getting dragged by the bts like i could not fight them off because i just got stuck in a little um edge in between like a rock and a hard place so that failed all my cargo got wrecked because um bt i just love how bt encounters in this game like they're not scary because you die or they're a threat to your life it's that oh shit they're gonna throw you into the air and ruin all of your boxes yeah (laughs) um and so bullshit too because if you look on like there's like the few like odd deliveries where like you do kind of damage or you rough up your cargo a bit and they're they're dicks about it it's like bro You've lived in this world for decades. You know what kind of bullshit's out there. You shouldn't complain about, like, a slightly damaged package. Fuck off. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay, but, like... So the second time I went through the game, I just hugged the wall on, like, the northern end of the wind farm, and the slopes on those are, like, the most sketchy shit in the world. Like... Oh, yeah. They're just, like full-on drops and like somehow somehow i was able to fall a couple of times mind you trying to stumble my way up on these rock ledges that absolutely were clipping in with trees and shit that looked really bad (laughs) and like i was able to somehow just get through that with like maybe a like a rope or two and even though I was able to touch the BT territory a little bit, like, I just got to the wind farm. Like, mm-hmm. it was it was nonsense. Like, I should not have been able to do that. Like, I, like, I got a little roughed up, but, like, yeah, no. Like, in other games, like, the game wouldn't just let you do that. Like, uh-huh. if, like if this was, like, something else, like 
the BT area would be like mandatory and like you <laughs> have to like actually do the stealth. Like here it's like no, you can just you can just bypass anything really. I I think, <laughs> I think the was it the collection quest from like um the junk collector. Um Jake, you probably know the one where you yeah, have and... to like collect stuff from the city oh i, I love that i love that i haven't done that one yet i haven't either that, that one's great that one's great and i think that's like the first i think that's the first real time that you're well no no there's still there's multiple of these i guess but like, it's like i had the yeah you have to like plan your fucking way out because yeah. like what I did is like I parked the, I parked my truck under like the underpass and I went out grabbed one of them separately brought it back to the truck and went out and grabbed an, like to grab another one. Yeah, yeah. Like I like those moments are like really tense and really good, but I also just love <laughs> the fact that like most challenges in this game in terms of like traversal like um because there's clearly like a lot of areas in the game where mm-hmm. like if you take if you take the shortest route that you'll obviously run into like mule or BT territory, mm-hmm. like like again in most other games like those would probably be like mandatory, but in this game you can easily just weave your way around like all of that and just like find some really like roundabout way of getting places which it's a small thing but i do appreciate it a lot i will say it made me very sad one time i was trying to make my way out of a mountain not city and i put like a ladder up like an incline because i thought there would be like more space to climb when i got off of it yeah and it turns out there wasn't and i fell and i just watched (laughs) literally a hundred percent of my cargo fell off of me and i watched it (laughs) tumble down like one of the largest inclines in the game and i just watched <laughs> it said, i just watched as the messages said like this and so and so just got slightly damaged so and so is very damaged and destroyed rip it was one of the saddest things i've seen in this game so far there was the one time like important cargo fell into a river for me i have to follow it all the way through the fucking river down Back to a BT area that I avoided. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, but like all the time, like all the while, you're like fucking babies crying. Yeah. Yeah. Like, say what you want about this game. This game has great, like, emergent player moments like that that just yeah, make it oh, worthwhile. Yeah. And like, even I, I really like how the BT areas are handled in the sense too that like they come out in the time. Like in the time fall, so you have to kind of be quick about it too if you want like the good rankings for like yeah. cargo condition. Well, I think the thing I, I I thought the thing about time fall was it dar- it damages the like container, not the cargo in it, so yeah. you don't really get yeah. stuck too much. Yeah, but I mean, it still affects your equipment. So if yeah, you don't ruin... it does affect your equipment, but it's like yeah. the time like on your like your delivery scores and stuff. It's like. If you stay in the time fall for a while, it'll be bad, but only if you, like, fall. Because, like, when you fall after being in the time fall for a while, that shit's gonna get wrecked. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I do think it's interesting, though, that, like, um, in terms of, like, your actual, like, porter grade, like, I mm-hmm. haven't actually gotten a lot of 
like points into like delivery time and mainly that's just because like there's not a whole lot of missions that you or orders that you get that have like delivery time conditions. I, yeah, I my, my delivery time ranking is super low. I do the pizza. I do the pizza ones whenever I like see them pop up. <laughs> yeah, the pizza ones are good. Like Kojima knew what he was doing with that. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I think delivery time's one of like the slowest ones to actually like go up. Yeah. Yeah. My miscellaneous has gone up hella though. Yes. It yeah. Is. Same with yeah. my bridge. Same with my bridge link. I think miscellaneous and bridge link are like the easiest that you'll get because i mean miscellaneous is... my bridge link is still pretty low but i need to build way more stuff too so yeah like i think miscellaneous is like i mean as long as you do the job all right then you'll be fine and bridge link like you'll random like, i think was it bridge link is just like the co-op stuff right yeah like, um, yeah, like, that, that, and they like expanding like your um, like the network. Yeah, 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 yeah. So oh, it goes, it goes up a lot in like chapter three onward. Yeah, no, like my delivery time is actually like my second highest stat right now. Looking at it. really, really. Yeah. I think delivery volume for me is my second. I can't remember. Yeah, no, but delivery <laughs> volume is also high for me because I just I take all of my shit regardless of like. Whether or not it would pan out well, you become for me. a leaning tower of Redus. Yeah, yeah. Volume is like my third um, highest stat, or I guess right in the middle since he was like five. Um, mm -hmm. Usually, like I've been playing this game sort of like um, lightly in the sense that, like, I mean, similar to like Metal Gear Solid, like I would play that game or. I guess MGS5 specifically. Um, I wouldn't really go in with much at all. Like just uh -huh. um, going in with like uh, the most basic of like weapons, and that's about all I would use. The rest I would kind of just procure on site. So similarly here, I've just been playing with like okay, like maybe I'll have uh, ladders and um, ropes, but that's mm -hmm. all really carry so i haven't been actually picking up a lot of like extraneous cargo and stuff uh -huh. like that i'd um, say so... my thing oh sorry go on no i was just gonna say like there's a lot of times where like yeah i'll pick things up on the road if it's like convenient for me to like go certain places but like mm -hmm. there's at least from like what i've been playing so far like there's a lot of instances where like i'll see like cargo that goes way out to some place that is like the farthest away location possible i'm like nah i'm good yeah. and that's happened to me like 90 percent of the time so far <laughs> I'd say, like, one one thing that, one compliment I'd give to this game over MGS5 is that, like, the more stuff, like, that gets introduced, the more strategizing you do, as opposed to, like, MGS5, where, like, the more stuff you get, the more you realize what you want to keep with you, like, the whole yeah. game through. Because yeah. it's, like, MGS... MGS5 kind of becomes trivial the more you get... Because it's like in MGS, it's like Trank Cheese is always going to be a thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's especially in that game with the slow-mo, because you could just pull out your Trank and shoot someone in the head and knock them out, like, on the spot. So, yeah. I've heard that, like, 
and I don't know if any of y'all have experienced with this, but, like, I saw, like, a few people on Twitter say, like, you get, like, penalized pretty hard, like, in terms of, like, gameplay stuff if you actually, like, kill someone? Yes, you do. What? Do you mind elaborate? I'm curious, like, what happens if you, like, kill a mule or whatever? I don't think they let you, like... I actually, I have no idea exactly, but they're, like, they point out, it's, like, once you get real weapons in this game, like, eventually you're going to be able to, like, craft assault rifles and handguns and stuff, and, like, Ty Hardman hits up your comms, he's, like, he specifically points out, he's, like, don't kill the mules, please. Yeah, it was, like, incapacitate them, right? Is, like, the whole idea behind them. Yeah. So... I, I, I want to think that it caused a void out. I think that'd be cool. See, because, like, my, my thing is, like, I'm wondering if it's, like, okay, like, you have, like, so-and-so time to deliver the body to an incinerator, because that would be uh-huh. funny as fuck. <laughs> yeah. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. Because, like, yeah. at the same time, it's, like, if you just leave them, it's, like, mules and, like, terrorists don't have access to like the bridges incinerators and shit so they wouldn't yeah. be able to burn it yeah yeah i also because like i know if you die like void out stuff can happen or whatever and like i'm curious how dynamic that is actually in terms of like like i know no city can actually get destroyed by it yeah like wherever like the bt areas are like you'll notice that like when you go into combat with them like there is a clear distinct circle on your map yeah of, like, the BT you know what yeah because i i was wondering about because I, I earlier i was listening to a podcast where someone was like oh like it seems like some of those areas can get at least partially consumed by them but like i was kind of thinking like if you had like deliveries that were like at a distribution center and that got consumed that would that doesn't seem like the game would want you to do that so Mm -hmm. i i I have a feeling it is like oh it's those like (laughs) pre-established battlegrounds are probably what get fucked up because the bts don't show up after the crater crater appears i have to imagine right Mm. i I don't know i don't know never seen but yeah out. the game really yeah. doesn't want you to kill people it's like i've run motherfuckers over with cars to see what would happen and it just knocks them out <laughs> one thing i do like is you can um you can actually run over people's lost cargo and it destroys it. <sighs> yeah 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 i've done that accidentally a couple times um, I wonder, like, someone's gonna do, like, the first, like, full Max Crater run of Death Stranding, and I bet that looks hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. just America becomes Swiss cheese. I, I think, I think this game is, like, Metal Gear Solid 5's, like, disarmament thing done right. I bet there's another, like, weird thing that is only gonna be revealed through data mining that's like that, too. Mm-hmm. Like, if a ladder imagine. gets, like, 20 bajillion fucking likes, it unlocks like, <laughs> a fucking heaven area or some bullshit. Oh my god, yeah. Mm, I, uh, I'm struggling to find much more to say about this game without playing more of it, but I will say, I think it's absolutely hilarious that you can dismantle other people's ladders and shit, and you yeah. don't even get it for yourself. Yeah. It's just... 
fucking asshole. Like, or like uh-huh. even like signs or like anything really. It's like, no, you can take this down. And it's like it's such I, a I dick thing to do. How like you don't get the boost from signs? It's only for other people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um. Yeah, yeah. This game is good. This game yeah. is yes. good. I like this game is and I've, if I've been pleasantly surprised. Yeah, yeah. And I was not expecting being... to like it as much as I was Yeah, and if I'm being completely honest, like even the bad writing, it, it's kind of bad and like it's fun to make fun of. Exactly, you know, mm-hmm. like it, like fucking. I'm dead, man. I'm familiar with the dead. Like this shit's so bad. Like I can't help but like enjoy it regardless so yeah um, i'm i'm i thought i would enjoy this game but like i ended up enjoying it in ways that i wasn't super anticipating uh Uh, i mean the only other thing i have to say is like it is a weird game in a lot of respects but like i feel like the marketing and like the the conversation around this game to the build-up was like maybe a little detrimental in that I feel like people really wanted to, like, push how weird this was, but, like, it's more like, no, it's yeah. a game about walking around and delivering packages and shit, and, like, there's some yeah. supernatural elements, like, at its core, like, it's yeah. not the weirdest thing in the world, and also, too, like, I don't know, I I think there's a point that we, as, like, a culture need to get over the, like, oh, there's some weird surrealism, paranormal stuff going on, it's super fucking weird, and it's, like, yeah man a lot of things do this now like we can it's a it's a supernatural spooky game where you also are an amazon delivery dude Uh, yeah i will go on oh no i was just gonna say like i will say that this is like the kind of game that i would expect from like a higher end like indie developer but i'm glad that it is loaded the fuck with money because yeah. you get bullshit like Conan O'Brien, Norman Reedus, and Junji Ito <laughs> in like one property with monster energy drink advertising all over the place. Yeah. Like it makes for like a really like weird conglomerate of like that shit with like unconventional experimental gameplay that I think won't ever happen again. Mm. between like this breath of the wild and like red dead 2 i feel like we're entering this like new era of like big budget games realizing people like the meticulous like kind of like tedium of really systems heavy gameplay stuff and Mm. i feel like that like depending on how games go next gen that could either be like games might go too far with that and not realize why people like the stuff from like games like this Mm-hmm. And just become yeah. really bogged down with stuff, or it could be like, I don't know. I I feel like there this might also be a little bit of a backlash to the fact that a lot of this gen was really like, I don't want to say brain dead, but very simple, like giant, expansive, like action game sandbox type things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm I I kind of hope maybe this is a a sign of a trend in at least an alternative direction combined with like breath of the wild and stuff mm. that was a, a little more hands-on like you having yeah. to like be a little bit more involved with it, what you were doing so mm-hmm. yeah we'll see it's definitely it's... yeah like death stranding and breath of the wild definitely mark a sort of i think like 
big shift in terms of these sorts of open world games where i mean both of them like the exploration is very involved in different ways but <clears throat> like there's a lot like i feel like this is the point now where like the open world games that could yeah. come out of this will be like they'll have more interesting places to explore and i can't wait to get into that yeah yeah oh yeah uh yeah i was gonna say though this game like makes me want to go back and play horizon zero dawn just because i like i really like the engine they use for it <laughs> i i have that game i've never played it so maybe i should check that out at some point and why don't know that game the less you yeah. I don't know much about that game. Valid. Well, I think that wraps that up. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe maybe next time we'll have a Death Stranding ender. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> it depends on how fast we can yeah. go through this shit. <laughs> It'll everyone, probably like, be a while. Has everyone talked about like the individual stuff we've been like j enjoying outside of like, the big things you wanted to talk about? Uh, not really. Uh, and we've been really. going for like three hours twenty minutes. Yeah, I think for for now we're good unless you really want to humid up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, please read I the not read but play I the Somnium Files. It's a good game. It's please. a very good game. I love that game. Yeah, I still need to get around that. Um, um, by the by, um, Saga Scarlet Grace is coming out. Uh, Hell yeah. Couple of weeks, so maybe we should talk about that, huh, Rawson? Oh fuck yeah, I'm down. I'm always down to talk about Saga. Me, you, and Mark, Mark. and nine other maybe. people that exist in JRPG yeah. fandom. Yeah, Saga's um, good. 2020 yeah. is going to be the decade of Saga, and I plan to deliver with YouTube content. There is no such thing as. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, of, I have to agree with Antinomi. Decade like, of no, Saga. <laughs> decade. Listen, they're coming out strong with the re-releases. They planning more re-releases. That's an old decade of Saga. When's <laughs> when's the decade of trail trails of cold or tales of cold steel or some shit like that? It's <laughs> been trails, trails. It's been this decade. What are you talking about? We need another one, motherfucker. Listen, we can't make Ugh. this the decade of saga unless we forcefully make it the decade of saga, and I plan to be at the forefront of this movement. <laughs> I played Romance Saga, saga too. Um, <laughs> I played a little bit of Minstrel Song, and I've even played Unlimited Saga to a certain extent. I, I actually go fucking make that. Cathedral of Saga. Then damn. Asshole. See, here's the thing: Saga's <laughs> gonna get really big, and then they're gonna have the one that everyone loves. And I'm like, wow, you just reused all your ideas poorly. And then I'm going to have to find a new obscure JRPG series to like, and the cycle will continue forever, and I will never be happy. Just like Persona. That, that's the joke. Yep, good job. Um, I saw, I, I got it, bro. <laughs> okay. Uh, I want to end out on a few things, um, especially because of how I'm hosting this podcast. Um, I'm actually, like, paying for, like, hosting this time around, Ooh, like a monthly are fee. Are we a player FM? No. Fuck, that's the one I use. Oh, it's fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, if uh, you like 
my podcasting efforts and all that, then uh, go check out patreon.com uh, forward slash Rosenbrand and uh, maybe consider um, maybe consider helping out. You know, every little bit helps, even if you can't do a recurring payment. I uh, appreciate anything you can send my way. I am very grateful. Uh, and also, with the launch of this podcast, I am also going to be launching a $7 tier where Ooh. you can... Uh, hit me up and I will do an ad read or message of your choice to be read on the podcast. Oh boy. So if you have any projects <laughs> that you want going out to my audience and as long as it's not like a weird white nationalist website or some shit, I'll be more than happy what to... What if they fade good though? No. <laughs> this is a well, well, How sand. much you're more... Yo, $30 and to read Trump's speech. Come on, do it. <laughs> My man's my man's been podcasting for like five six years now. Give him some money. <laughs> Thank yeah. you, Jake. <laughs> uh, well, give him some money so he can give me some money. Wow. Yeah. I see. This is how it's all. It all trickles down to Jacob. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, hey. To be fair, we are unpaid interns. So. Yeah. Yeah. You're Eventually, just you're like game freak. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> Better do it or else we'll rise up against you. Oh no. Uh oh. Now you have to podcast with yourself. <laughs> My podcast co hosts are unionizing. Fuck. Antonobi, you should be the one on this boat. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> Uh, shoutouts to Death Stranding doesn't have Huey, so you know. Yeah, what a dope ass character Huey. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Game Freak were the ones who lied, not the leakers. That's not a Pikachu. <laughs> That's, not That's a, a rat. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. Have a good night. <laughs>